my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. House fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing to you the last episode in the Good Girls and Bad Boys series. Yes, we're going to be introduced to Ryan in season eight, episode 22, entitled All Stood Up. This episode aired April. 4th, 1995. In this episode, Stephanie asks a boy to the dance and he does not show. Danny goes to talk to him and embarrasses Stephanie. And plot B, Jesse has to relax, but Kimmy and her distractions, like a ostrich named Oscar, keep him from doing so. Yes, who would have thought eight seasons later... (laughs) Jesse would develop high blood pressure. He's doing the radio show with Joey. He now owns the Smash Club. He's got his family. He's got he's got his new band. He's got so many things on his plate right now. So this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 based on 229 ratings. Let's look at the cast list. Yes, guest starring, we have Lisa Dinkins as medical technician. She is the one that is taking Jesse's blood pressure. We also have Gia. I'm trying to think if this may be the last episode that Gia is in for the show. Let me, uh, let me, I'll double check in a second. We have Hillary Zwink, hallway friend. We have Jamie's. Zwick. So, Hillary and Jamie Zwick. Jamie is a track member. Uh, directing this episode, we have Joel Zwick. So, my guess... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I ran out of the money with saying, I bet anything Hillary and Jamie Zwick are both Joel Zwick's children. <laughs> I'm gonna go on a limb and say that, because I, I wouldn't be surprised. Alright, um... Uh, Writing for this episode, we had the creator, Jeff Franklin. We had Adam I. Lapidus. We have Carolyn Omini. O-M-I-N-E. Dennis Rinsler and Mark Warren. Of course, one last cast member I left off, who is guest starring. Ryan is played by Andrew Keegan. At this point in time, I believe... Excuse me, he already would have been known for Camp Nowhere with uh, Jeremy Jackson. Not Jeremy Jackson, I'm sorry, not Hobie from Baywatch. Or should I say Hobie 2.0. Because Brandon Call played Hobie, and I think it was like the first season of Baywatch, and then he was recast. The character was recast. I believe because Brandon Call ended up being JT on Step by Step. He played Patrick Duffy's oldest son. And it's just, it's kind of funny because it's almost like six degrees of separation in a way. 
I don't know, maybe not. So, yeah, the first thing, of course, we got, <laughs> scroll all the way down. Yes, he played two different characters. Oh, well, there we go. Two different characters on Baywatch, once in 93, once in 94. We have Camp Nowhere the year before. He would have played Zack. He also, in 1994, was in the movie The Skateboard Kid, which also has Andrea Barber, who plays Kimmy Gibbler. I believe Andrew Keegan plays a love interest. They may even share an on-screen kiss. And then we have Camp Nowhere. We got Baywatch. We got Full House. We got Freaky Friday. My favorite Freaky Friday version. It's a TV movie. It came out in 1995. It's got Gabby Hoffman, Shelley Long. I believe it's cut into parts on YouTube. It's honestly, it's my favorite. I, I like it more than the Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan one that came out in 2003. It just, it's just so funny. And I just really wish we could have gotten that on Disney plus. Cause I, I would have reviewed that for the podcast. Uh, step by step, he plays in two episodes. So there's, oh, he is running through these ABC TGIF shows. We got Moesha, he's in an episode. Boy Meets World, he's in an episode. Independence Day. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Party of Five. He was in eight episodes, of course, in 1999. These were my teen movies, guys. Ten Things I Hate About You was one of my teen movies because I was in high school. This came out. Uh, he played a. He knows how to play a jerk. Let's just say that this guy knows how to play a jerk. He was also in 2001's Oh, Seventh Heaven, the show. He would have joined the cast in 1997 and played an on again, off again boyfriend, Wilson West of Mary Camden. He was in 24. That's like a whole season, but. Yeah, it was kind of here and there, season one, season two, three, five, six, and then nine. Uh, and then it, it looks like just other shows that he was in. Nothing else, really, that I would have seen after. He, he's a, yeah, in the Independence Day movie, I remember he was the love interest of the girl who played the oldest daughter in... Mrs. Doubtfire. And it's just, it's interesting to me that, um, Andrew Keegan was considered a heartthrob. I didn't find him attractive, kind of like the same thing with JTT, but he was in the magazines that I, teen magazines that I collected when I was a kid. Well, kid. No, I was a teenager, excuse me. But yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, he was just one of those, I was like, mmm. Not really into him. Devin Sowam is more my jam. Brad Renfro. So, alright. This actually, I'm going to go through the trivia here. This was not the last episode to air, but this episode was the last of the show to be filmed on camera at the studio. Another trivia after Jesse is told to relax by the life, life insurance, oh my gosh, the life insurance company? Yeah, I think I remember her saying if you don't, you're going to have higher premiums or something to that effect. 
He comments, Becky, as long as I have a squeeze bottle and some rubber gloves, just call me Blackie. John Samuels portrayed a character named Blackie Parrish in the soap opera General Hospital from 1982 to 92. Hmm. I didn't know he was on there for that long. I mean, I didn't... Again, General Hospital was not my jam soap opera-wise. All My Children was my jam soap opera-wise from 1993 to 1994. And I kind of dipped out after that point, but then I started getting back into it around, like, 2000, 2001. But anyway, let's see, is there any reviews? I don't even think there's any goofs. Uh, no, there's no reviews. We do not have any goofs either. All right, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, aka the new podcast listeners who are just jumping aboard the Tanner train, aka the podcast, I want to say welcome. I want to let you know where you can find the podcast to listen to. You can listen to it on iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. Those are the only two platforms that this podcast is available. Also, another thing about this podcast is it does have social media pages. We have on Facebook, basically is the main social media hub that I uh, connect with (laughs) and and update and everything. I mean, I also do on Instagram, too. uh, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Podcast. And I also, that kind of sets this Full House Podcast apart from others, is I don't go episode by episode, season by season. I go based on series. Like right now, I am covering the Good Girls and Bad Boys. Last month, I would have done Joey's Ladies. The month before that, in January, I kicked off with Jesse's Ladies. In April, I'm going to do a double feature, which will be It's Not My Job. So it's a Jet. It's going to be all about. Basically, daddy issues. Um, basically, standing up to dad. So, Jesse and his father, and it's season two, and it's not my job. Jesse wants to get out of the exterminator business and focus on his music full time. And then, of course, we have Joey's episode, which I'm trying to think of what the title is because we have his father, who we learned is in the military, the army. And, yeah, I think I think it's the one where he is going to be opening for Wayne Newton. And turns out the girls don't know Joey and his dad don't have the best relationship because, you know, his parents are divorced. And they invite Mr. Gladstone to see Joey's show. And Joey, of course sees his dad, and then he starts bringing up all these accomplishments of stuff that happened, like, when he was young. It's like, I know you want to throw this in your dad's face and just, like, hey, you weren't there for me, or you never went and saw my winning hockey goal, or or, or whatever. You know, I'm sorry, guys, but, um, something in that effect, it's just, right now... I'm just really busy. I've taken a different position with the company I work with, and there's a lot more responsibility. Thus, I don't have as much time. So that's why, even though I did a podcast schedule, 
I did mention that things would change on occasion for whatever reason. I'm not going to be, may not do the ones they all say I'm going to do 100%. The order may change and that's just kind of how it is right now. That's why I'm just doing three episodes for this month for March, the double feature in April, and then for May I'm going to do another three series in which I refer to as the not so great of season eight, in my opinion. Basically, it's three episodes that are not particularly my favorite. They're okay, but they're ones I really don't watch on repeat. <laughs> um, so I will get into those. And then once I get a little more acclimated and everything, I can go back into my podcast schedule for Full House and see what other series I can kind of work with. Uh, one last thing about the podcast is that sets it apart from other Full House or Fuller House podcasts is this is what I like to recall. This is what I like to refer to as a podcast for our ears of all ages, which basically means you can listen to it with your kids around. You don't have to worry about me dropping F-bombs talking inappropriately or anything like that. I wanted to create this full house, fuller house podcast because I wanted to share my love for both shows. And I wanted those that have grown up with the show who've enjoyed it, who are now introducing the shows to their kids. I wanted to create a safe space where they could listen to me, have fun rewatching the episodes, going over my memories and just all these fun little nostalgia things that the episodes bring to me so I also want to say thank you all to all of those that have been listening since I started this podcast back in April of 2019 the podcast is going to be celebrating its fourth anniversary this April and again whether whether you just started tuning in or whether you've been tuning in since the beginning I want to say thank you guys it really honestly means so much to me that you guys are tuning in, that you've been listening all this time. Uh, those of you that know that at the end of 2023, the full house portion of this podcast is going to be complete. And then in 2024, I will be covering all the episodes of Fuller House that I haven't gotten to. There's at least over 30. After that wraps up in 2024, I do have compilation video. Why do I say videos? compilation mini sods that I want to do. Also, there is a slew of behind-the-scenes stuff on YouTube I want to dive into. There's a bunch of Stephanie books that I want to dive into and share with you. Just a lot of, a lot of little fun things. Um, another thing going forward is once those two shows, as in this podcast, is kind of slowly, you know, I'm not going to have nearly as much content uh, yeah, once the show doesn't have, you know, I won't be covering the shows on a weekly basis, basically is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to be slowing down podcasting immensely. Uh, there is one that I'm currently doing on a monthly basis, the Small Wonder Podcast. Uh, season two of The Wonder Years doesn't start up till I'm, sometime this summer, and I, I'm going to be pre-recording, so that may not come out till sometime mid-2024, even 2025 at the earliest. I just, I have a lot of things going on 
you know, with my job and with my outside interests and stuff. So, and I've been podcasting for going on six years and it's just, I, I still love it, but I need to kind of also throw my interest into other things. So some of the podcasts that you see that I've talked about, whether I'm going to continue those or not, is still up in the air. The Boy Meets World podcast, the Different Strokes podcast, the American Dreams, the, the Ever One one, guys, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't plan on continuing that one. Um, but it's just a lot of these ideas, I'm like, I'm going to do this podcast, I'm going to do this show, and it's just... I think I was burning the candle at both ends, basically. And, um, yeah, you could even call this a podcast and life moment here. But I just, I just kind of need to slow down after, you know, my main focus has been with the Full House Filler House podcast. And just everything's just, I'm not saying I'm not going to podcast anymore. I'm just saying that it's not going to be... You're not going to get a podcast episode every single week after after this. It's just... Yeah. But... Also, one last thing. If you guys want to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Alright, let's get into Season 8, Episode 22 all stood up which i think a play on the all shook up song by elvis presley and yeah let's let's meet ryan and uh, you know honestly i'm gonna give my skill out of these three guys we have pete from fives of crowd we got bobby from making out is hard to do and then we have ryan i'm gonna tell you right now ryan is at as far if we're going best guy to worst or, no, worst to best. So I'm going to say... How, it's honestly, to me, it feels like it's a tie between Pete and Bobby. Because they both were pressuring... One was pressuring DJ. The other one was pressuring, you know, Stephanie. And it just... Part of me honestly wants to put Pete at the top. Just because... He's taking DJ to a secluded... It's not... It's a drive-in movie, but even still, you're in a fan. He's persuading her to go to the back and listen to music, a.k.a. kiss. And it, it honestly... I mean, it's not nearly as bad as... Stephanie was in a familiar... You know, she knew Gia and everything, but the fact that she was being pressured to make out with a boy she doesn't even really know. She's like, I just met you. So I'm going to put Bobby in second place. And Ryan's going to be in um, third. He, Yes, he does kind of stand her up. He and his friends think, oh, we had something better we wanted to do. Hang out with each other. We decided to skip the dance. And I'll get more into that. But, um, yeah, spoiler alert. In the end, Ryan is not a bad guy. Stephanie does decide to give him a another chance. So... Let's jump right into this episode. Of course, we get to enjoy the adorable cold open. I love these cold opens, these extra scenes of footage, you know, that are like 30 seconds or less. So, all right, let's let's do this. All right, the cold open, of course, is with Michelle and DJ and Comet. We're in the living room. Michelle's playing jacks. Comet is just laying there, just kind of... He looks really either tired or bored. Watching her with 
major disinterest. DJ comes in and says, Michelle, it's time to wash the dishes. You can help. And Michelle, <laughs> with her smarty pants mouth, says, start without me. So I like this little trickery that DJ comes up with. He's like, hey, you're playing jazz. Gosh, you know, I was never really good at that. I was never really any good at that. The look that Michelle gives DJ, like, really? Want to play? <laughs> like, Michelle is already scheming, like, oh, this will be easy, like, taking candy from Nikki or Alex. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's already saying, uh, want to play? Loser does the dishes. DJ, I like, DJ just, like, well, call me a sucker, but okay. Yeah, she is gonna mop the floor with her little sister. It just makes me think of that episode, which I haven't covered yet, but I will, <laughs> with Danny pretending he doesn't know anything about how to play pool with Jesse and completely floors him. Common is laying underneath the coffee table. On the bottom of the coffee table, between the legs, there is this wooden bar that connects them. And the way that Comet is just, he is laying over it, which just, it looks like his lower half is really uncomfortable. Because think about it, if he had to get up really quick, it looks like he would pull a muscle or one of his back legs. Because they're just tucked right underneath that bar under the coffee table and it just oh it makes me nervous of course <laughs> michelle explains how okay whoever picks up the most jacks in one bounce wins i've never played jacks before but it sounds like i i am almost tempted to just go on amazon and just buy a ball and jacks and just play with it Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, there was an episode of Punky Brewster, OG Punky Brewster, that she was saying she had a dream where she was playing jacks with a worm. So, Michelle says, alright, I'll go first. She bounces the ball, and she ends up getting four jacks. And DJ, again, is just really playing all innocent. Like, wow, four jacks. That's going to be hard to beat. DJ does it, and of course she gets all of them. Like, wow, what do you know? I got them all. And Michelle, hands on hip, says, you tricked me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She says, don't forget to dry. So Michelle, discouraged, <laughs> goes off to go dry <laughs> and wash the dishes. That is a lot of dishes. There's like 10 people in that house. That is a lot of dishes. Not to mention... Michelle will probably have to use a step stool to be able to even reach the counter in the sink. I like how Comet, Comet comes out from underneath the coffee table. He's fine, by the way. Goes over to DJ and DJ says, you see, Comet, you don't mess with the kid. It's like, she's been, uh, you know, she's been tricking Stephanie for longer than Michelle's even been alive. So <laughs> she's had years of practice. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the, <laughs> oh my gosh, is this, I'm just thinking about that, is this the episode with the hula hoop, or DJ does the hula hoop around the neck, 
And then also the limbo thing, too. I think this might be that episode. Because, I mean, this is, like, just the start of it. Now it seems like Michelle's like, I'm going to get her back. I'm going to try to get her at something that there's no way she'd be able to do. something in a movie or playing with something in a, in a TV show and it just makes you like want to go out and, and, and buy it like I oh my gosh now I mean I I want to go and buy some jacks I, I just I want to try that I I don't gosh sifting through my mind right now I just I don't know have if I've ever played with jacks before but I kind of want to try it I remember playing with pickup sticks. Oh my gosh. Was that nerve wracking? No, nerve wracking would be the operation game and perfection. We actually bought um, a combination. They're, they're putting out those combination games like Sorry mixed with Trouble and then Perfection mixed with Operation. Like you put two of the most stress inducing. Games, oper Operation and Perfection in one game. I swear there's a... Oh, um, I think it was Guess Who and Clue might have been another combination game. We haven't played it yet, but um, it's, it's kind of cool taking these old games and like, hey, you think these games are cool? Wait till we shove them together into one new game and take the best parts of these games and combine them together. So we come out of the intro, we're in DJ's room, and DJ looks like, of course, she's doing homework. Stephanie comes in and asks DJ, like, hey, DJ, you remember when I was telling you that the guy like Ryan, captain of the track team? And DJ asks, oh, you finally talked to him. And Stephanie says, well, I mean, almost. I dropped my pencil, and he picked it up. And DJ asks, well, and then what happened? And Sammy says, he kept it. <laughs> As a teenager, I can see where any form of any type of interaction, just the fact that he even kept, he picked the, uh, we don't even know. I bet anything he didn't even know. Because when she asked him about it, he's like, oh, your pencil. That was your pencil? Oh, oh okay. I don't even think he even mentions like, oh, but, oh do you want the pencil? Do you want it back? Because I don't have it. And DJ's surprised, like, well, you didn't say anything? And to Stephanie's credit, it's like, well, I mean, I, I tried to. I mean, my brain said speak, but my mouth is too busy grinning like an idiot. So DJ suggests that Stephanie 
invite Ryan to this dance coming up. I'm like, well, clearly Stephanie's already mentioned about this dance, because why would DJ know? Because DJ is in high school and Steph is still in junior high. Stephanie immediately puts the kibosh on that. She's like, uh, you mean talk to him? No. See, that's where my mouth and I are just are still struggling. It's just my mouth is not cooperating. Like that is a that is a leap to go from not talking to somebody. Like you haven't even had an actual dialogue to inviting someone to go to a dance. So DJ suggests, well, hey, why don't you write him a note? And D Stephanie says, he's got my pencil. Girl, you live in a house with a bunch of people. There are pencils wherever. Pencils, pens, crayons, what have you. Lipstick. Write him a note. And again, this is 1995. So it's before texting and before cell phones. I mean, you might have had it. Well, okay. Wait a minute. I remember the Disneyland, Disney World episode where Vicky ends up going, yeah, because she had her beeper with her. I was like, well, beepers were a thing. Kind of. <laughs> I knew there were some in high school that had beepers. So Danny comes in, and this is something that's going to come into play later. Danny's got a cardboard box filled with spam. Where do you get that spam? Joey's room. Apparently it was in his footlocker or under his bed. Because <laughs> he said, hey, Steph, guess what? That food drive at your school is getting a major donation. Because Danny says, oh, I just hit the mother load. And the girls are like, oh, you cleaned out the cupboards? Joey's footlocker. So basically the thing at the foot of his bed. You're going to want to check. Did you check the expiration dates, Danny? Because they won't take expired food. And I don't know if I, I might have had spam like once in my life, but it was not a regular thing. And it wasn't because I asked for it, it's because that was being, you know, served to me. That was like with mac and cheese as well. Why does like meat and mac and cheese go hand in hand? Like, cut up hot dogs and mac or, you know, mac and cheese. Those are like two of the biggest kid staples out there. I mean, and another thing, speaking of Franks, I'm, you know, for those of you out there that eat the SpaghettiOs, right? And you got your SpaghettiOs, and then you have your SpaghettiOs and meatballs. And then, there should be SpaghettiOs and Franks. There have been. But I've looked, and I'm like, Walmart doesn't got it. Tom Thumb doesn't have it. Target doesn't have it. I haven't checked Kroger, Kroger but I'm sure that they probably don't either. So I'm like... Great. Does my curse strike again? Because I can't... This is... It's been a thing for years. Franks and SpaghettiOs. Boom. I don't know. And it's not like I have them all the time. It's like, like, oh, wow, I would love to have SpaghettiOs. Oh, they don't make them anymore? Okay. I mean, I suppose I could check the website and find out. Oh, D Danny! He says, yeah, there was a layer of underpants and then nothing but spam. Gross, Danny, gross. I don't want to ask about the condition of the underpants. I'm just going to move on. Check the expiration dates, please. Even the girls are grossed out by it. 
It's like, that is a little too much. I mean, Joey lives with us and everything, but when you talk about someone's underwear, uh, that's where you, you, you gotta draw a line somewhere. TMI, 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 too much info, please. Too much. Nice to know things about people that you live with, but there's some things, you, you have to draw a line at that. I, I don't need to know everything. Hey, Deej, remember that guy I was telling you about? Ryan, captain of the track team? You finally talked to him? Well, almost. I dropped my pencil and he picked it up. And he kept it. <laughs> you didn't say anything? I tried to. I mean, my brain said speak, but my mouth was too busy grinning like an idiot. <laughs> Why don't you invite him to that dance coming up? Invite him? <laughs> no. That would require talking, and my mouth is just not cooperating. <laughs> Write him a note. He's got my pencil. Hey, Steph, that food drive at your school is about to get a major donation. I just hit the mother load. You clean out the cupboards? Nope. Joey's footlocker. There was a layer of underpants, and then nothing but spam. All right, so now we're going to enter plot two, which, of course, is going to deal with Jesse and a new life insurance policy. And apparently he, he learns he has high blood pressure. That's not good. So, yeah, Jesse's, I like, he. they had sent out for an at-home um, doctor, apparently, who does house calls. Because he's just sitting at the kitchen table. She's got the blood pressure cuff on. She's squeezing. And she's going to give him the results. And she says, oh, yeah, there shouldn't be a problem with your new life insurance policy. I just need to check your blood pressure. Why? I'm just kind of curious why he's getting a new life insurance policy. I mean, unless he hadn't updated it and it was still, you know, like he was still, you know, single or... Maybe he got a better rate somewhere, so maybe he's shopping around for a better life insurance policy. You know, he's married, he's got two kids. You got, you, you got to, you, you can't take any chances. Is basically what I'm saying. You want to make sure that when something, if if something happens, you know your family is taken care of. <laughs> How Jesse's like, oh yeah, check away. I'm in excellent health. You know, heart strong, lungs clear. Hair perfect, of course, as he runs a hand through it. That would make me nervous. Um, whenever I get my blood pressure checked, when they tell me the results, I'm like, that's good, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's that's normal. 100% this is where you want to be. I'm like, oh, good. When she looks at it and gets a result, she's like, hmm. And Jesse, of course, was like, what? Well, hmm, split ends? What? And apparently Jesse thinks this is normal when she says your blood pressure is a little over average. And he's like, oh, why, thank you. I'd be like, Mr. Katsopoulos, that is not something to feel good about. That is not a good thing. I'm not complimenting you. This is a problem that could lead to an even bigger problem. Jesse says, oh, yeah, thank you. I've always prided myself as being a cut above. Lucky, of course, is sitting at the table. She hasn't said anything. She's just rolling her eyes. Like, even she knows about... You know, that, that is not good. I, I can imagine. I mean, she was pregnant with twins. I can imagine that she probably had to have, you know, her blood pressure checked on the reg at her appointments just to make sure, like, nothing was, you know, out of the or ordinary. She didn't develop, you know, prediabetes or preeclampsia or none, none of that stuff. In fact, I mean, she didn't drink. She didn't smoke. So 
that's good. But even still, again, she was carrying twins. It puts a lot of pressure on your body. And, yeah. And think of all the stuff she had to go up the attic and, and down the attic to the first floor and up again while pregnant. I can only imagine. Yeah, and I like how the doctor is really chill about it. She's like, oh, actually, it's not really a good thing. Have you been under any stress lately? Jesse, if he would only take this serious, he's like, are you kidding? Mr. Rogers watches me, watches me to relax. And if I were Becky, I'd be like, well, actually, he does own a music club. He also is a radio DJ. And he does this, that, and the, you know, he's got a band and everything. He's got a lot of commitments. So that could probably be against, I don't know, what time of the year is it? Is it near April? Is it near tax time? be another thing. Becky even tells him, Jess, you have been under a lot of stress. And he's looking at like, what are you talking about? If your wife can tell you're under stress and you can't, there's a problem. Plus, you're just so busy that it just, you don't even think about it. Like, you're so wrapped up in everything. You got your foot, you know, you're overextended on so many things. You got so many commitments that, yeah, I can imagine. Like, that's the thing. You're not going to realize it until something happens. And then it's like, well, I was so busy worrying about this, that, and the other. I didn't take my health into consideration. Becky says, well, your radio show lost its biggest advertiser. And, oh, my gosh. He even does mention. Well, I didn't even want to mention the letter from the IRS. Becky, maybe this isn't the time to bring that up. The doctor probably has other places to visit, other people to see. And Jesse's like, what letter? And she says, oh, the one I didn't want to mention. Jesse, I pray that you are not doing their taxes yourself. Please say you're not. Get a professional, get an accountant, someone who can handle the books for the Smash Club and take care of that stuff. I mean, you own a business. I'm not saying that Jesse has to go to college to learn how to balance numbers and balance the books, but there are people that... Get degrees for this kind of thing, right? They they know what they're doing. Oh, Jesse! Yeah, apparently Jesse... Yeah, the IRS had a little problem because Jesse was claiming his hair dryer as a dependent. You cannot... Don't play games with the IRS. They will come after you, I'm sure. Claiming your hair dryer as a dependent. It's like, sir, we have a lot of things going on. A lot of people to look after and look into. We don't have time for these little games you're playing. She says, it's got its own room. Hey, look, you claim yourself, you claim your wife, you claim your two boys. That's it. Nothing else. You don't have a dog, so you... You know, that's another thing. Why can't you claim a pet? That's not fair. You're paying for the animal's medical. You're paying for the food. You're paying for them to to live basically you're taking care of them wait that's not i honestly think it is time that we i mean yes i get it animals pets are not on the same level as the children i get it i get it i get it i get it but i feel that maybe there should be some sort of allowance for fur babies i really feel that there should be and especially if you're, I mean, we don't have insurance as far as for pet care and stuff. Um, 
But I would imagine, especially if you're paying into a policy like that, I mean, when, I, I don't know. You know, this is not the tax hour, this is the Full House podcast. I'm moving on. So the doctor, of course, says, Mr. Katsopoulos. And it's almost like Jesse forgot the doctor was still even there. Like, oh, what? Huh? Oh, you're, you're still here. Oh, okay, I forgot. And she tells him, like, hey, look, I'll check your blood pressure next week, but if it stays at this level... I'm afraid the company's going to ask for a pretty high premium. Really, I mean, they probably think you're, like, you're an at-risk person. Like, oh my gosh, this person isn't taking care of themselves? Or we're going to charge you up the yin-yang because uh, you're not taking proper responsibility for yourself. I don't know how insurance companies work in that regard, but... My guess is, like, hey, you're not taking care of yourself. We're going we're gonna to charge you all your worth. We're going to make you pay for it so you'll turn around and make yourself well. Stop doing the things that you're hurting your body. Yeah, she even says, hey, look, if I were you, I'd take some quiet time, try to relax. He lives in a house with 10 people. Um, He and his wife share an attic space, which is basically one room with a few walls, with two four-year-old boys that are constantly here, there, and everywhere, screaming, running, just being them just being kids I can you know and he's got his feet and every single you know commitment so when does he have time to relax and Jesse says you know relax great nothing makes me more nervous than someone tell me to relax and Becky says honey look you need to do something to try to reduce your stress level see I can understand yeah definitely your spouse you're like I want you to take care of yourself I want to be able to grow old with you don't want to be a widow before the age of 50. Let's just put it that way. And I personally don't either. I don't, yeah, you may have mentioned the gray part. Old and gray. And Jesse's like, well, how about just old? Guys, don't worry. In about 20 plus years, you guys are still going to look amazing. But yeah, he says, hey, because as long as I have a squeeze bottle and rubber gloves, just call me Blackie. See, I mean, I used to color my hair, too, but it wasn't like, oh, I gotta cover up these unsightly grays. No, it's just because, hey, I want to, you know, change things up. And Granted, my hair color always came from a box, and usually it was my mother-in-law who was coloring my hair. Uh, but after a while, it's like, you know, I'm going to be 41 this year. I see, and the thing is, my hair is light, so it's really hard to distinguish, like, oh, that could be a gray hair coming in, I'm not, but I'm saying, for me, I'm not coloring my hair anymore, I'm just, I'm not doing it, I'm embracing any gray hairs I get, which I'm sure I have a few, I'm embracing it, I'm embracing the age, I'm embracing getting older, because that's how I feel being positive about getting older, Sure, my body isn't what it used to be when I was, like, 20, but that's okay. I feel as long as you have a positive outlook on life, I think that, um, yeah, it's all about, you know, how you've, it's not so much your age, it's how you feel inside. <laughs> she was smacking his bum! <laughs> it's so cute. I love their playfulness. It's so adorable. Mr. Kasopoulos, we're almost finished. Okay. There shouldn't be any problem with your new life insurance policy. I just need to check your blood pressure. Okay, check away. I'm in excellent health. You know, heart strong, lungs clear, hair perfect. <laughs> hmm. Hmm, what hmm? Split ends? 
Huh. Your blood pressure is a little over average. Oh, well, thank you. I've uh, always prided myself as being a cut above. Actually, it's not really a good thing. Have you been under any stress lately? You kidding? Mr. Rogers watches me to relax. Jess, you have been under a lot of stress lately. What are you talking about? Well, your radio show lost its biggest advertiser. So? Well, I didn't want to mention the letter from the IRS. What letter? The one I don't want to mention. <laughs> well, they just had a little problem with you claiming your hair dryer as a dependent. It's got its own room. Mr. Kasakler. Uh, what? I'll check your blood pressure again next week, but if it stays at this level, I'm afraid the company is going to ask for a pretty high premium. If I were you, I would take some quiet time and try to relax. Thank you very much. Relax. Relax. Nothing makes me more nervous than someone telling me to relax. Honey, you need to do something to, to try to reduce your stress level. You have to take care of yourself. Come on, I want us to grow old and gray together. Yeah, well, how about just old? Because as long as I have a squeeze bottle and some rubber gloves, just call me Blackie. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, you know, I just thought of this because now we're at DiMaggio Junior High and Stephanie and Gia are talking to a few girls. Is Stephanie still got her books covered after a year later? She's still getting Gary. I'm just thinking about the fact that after, I mean, season six for the Silence is Not Golden episode with Stephanie being in class. We never, ever get a class scene with Stephanie in class. The other thing is, I'm trying to think when the last episode would have been that DJ would have had a... I mean, can we really say that the SAT episode in season 7 really counts since it was... I mean... I don't know if it really, maybe it does, but I'm trying to think any other one prior to that. Feels like the last class scene we would have gotten with DJ in a classroom with other students would have been season, I'm guessing season four with, um, I haven't covered it yet. It's for the Jesse and Joey, um, career journey thing together when they go from advertising to the radio, sh eventually moving on to the radio show. But anyway, there was an episode where they just decided to quit with the agency they worked for and decided to, well, they hadn't decided to do their own, build their own agency yet. But um, I think that might have been the last classroom setting that DJ was in. I really don't think there was another one going forward. I mean, there's the... One with her and Kimmy and the whole newspaper debacle thing. But other than that, I mean, and that wasn't even a real, that wasn't a classroom setting. That was a, um, it was like a computer lab or something like that where, yeah. So it looks like it could either be morning between classes, before classes is even, even started for the day. You have a space of time before class starts. You're mingling in the hall. You're hanging out. Because, of course, here comes Andrew Keegan as Ryan wearing a blue and white letterman's jacket for DiMaggio because he's on the trap team along with a handful of other boys. 
And Gia, it's like Gia, she sees him. She, you don't have to like, oh, there's Ryan. Which is weird because I had a crush on a guy named Ryan when I was in seventh grade. Didn't go well. Let's just uh, let's just put it at that. Um, I tried to give him a letter on the very last day of seventh grade. I'm like, oh, here. And he's like, oh, what's this? And I'm like, no, never mind. And I just like, eh, no. And this is a person I never talked to, never had a conversation with. I just liked him. We didn't even share a class together. It's almost like I saw him in the hall. He always got blonde hair, which at the time was my type. I was really, you know, blonde hair or, you know, brunette, either or. Um, gosh, and it seems like there's another guy at the beginning of seventh grade I had had a crush. And it seemed like every single year there's at least one person I had a crush on for pretty much the duration of the year until it went south. <laughs> yeah, um, I never <laughs> learned my lesson with that give the guy I like a note that says I like. Not necessarily that I like him, like, hey, I want to be your friend, here's my phone number, you know, kind of going out on a limb. And then pretty much every single time I'd done that, and I say every single time because I think that was the, I, I did it like four times. Twice in seventh grade, once in eighth grade, once in tenth grade. So you think when I put a word by lesson by the time I got to high school, I didn't. And I always, always, always usually went for the quiet ones, except for in eighth grade. There's this new boy there. Every girl was crushing on this guy because he was new. <laughs> but he was just, oh, so cute. Um, so are the other ones. <laughs> but, you know, they would never, the ones that never give you the time of day. So we know that one of these kids and another one of these kids are um Joel Zwick's kids one of which is a brunette boy oh I definitely would have a crush on this one um <laughs> if I were that age <laughs> um yeah but because the other oh, Andrew Keegan and the other two just they don't make sense this one here and I think he does have a line of the boys he does have a line saying something about hey Ryan blah 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 three o'clock track practice or something like he he's in track with you I think you don't need to remind him of what time to be there plus something changed and the coach is like hey let our star player know we gotta change the time of our practice because you know the some other team needs the track out in the by the football field or something and if you were confused, you didn't know what sport they played, it's right on their jacket. They have a tennis shoe on the back of the Letterman jacket with a pair of wings sticking up the top. Oh, yeah. And Gia, gosh, she is really applying pressure to Stephanie. It's like, I don't have a guy right now, so I'm going to live vicariously through Stephanie. Because season seven, this was not, this is not season seven Gia. Season 7 Gia would not be holding school books or a notebook or any of that stuff. So, and, yeah, and see, because this is early, no, this is late season, excuse me. No, 
early season eight, Gia's mom was saying that Stephanie had such a great influence on Gia, which is great. But anyway, back to Gia applying pressure. Like, hey, look, if you're really going to ask him to dance, here's your chance. Go for it, Tanner. Honestly, um, <laughs> he's with his track buddies. He's getting stuff out of his locker. You really want to approach him when he's with his guy friends? You That just seems like a, oh, he'll talk to you, but then when you leave, he'll, like, make a joke about you to his friends or laugh it off, and then you'll be like, are they talking about me? Oh, gosh, I'm so embarrassed. I never should have went over there and talked to him when it was with his friends. You know, that, that just feels like, to me, because Stephanie is self-conscious, that she would worry about something like that. And Gia's like, Stephanie, seriously, come on. What are you waiting for? He's just a guy. They're just like us, except they pants each other. And they snap each other with towels in the locker room. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, Stephanie is a psych or something. You, you're right, Gia. I, okay, I, you're right. I, I can do this. She takes, she takes two steps forward, turns around, and is like, I, I can't do this. Here goes nothing as she starts walking forward. Oh, man, she doesn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she goes for it. And, again, Andrew Keegan, this is um, pre-Seventh Heaven, Andrew Keegan. This is just off of Camp Nowhere, Andrew Keegan. Well, the, the brown. Sh Would you say shoulder-length hair? Because it's not 100% at his shoulder, but it's getting close. He just taps him on the shoulder. So he looks at her like, uh, yeah, like, he, he does, has no idea who she is. And Stephanie goes to talk, and she's like, <coughs> and he looks at her like, uh, are you choking? Are, are you okay? I, I don't know the Heimlich. He looks visibly uncomfortable, like, gosh, is it, <laughs> is it contagious? It's not COVID! We, in 95, we're living in a pre-COVID world. Man, we were like 25 years out from COVID now that I think about it. I mean, well, not out. We were 25 years prior to it hitting. Well, there is a sign on the wall that says, say yes to health. So it just looks like, you know, doctor visits, make sure you're eating okay, you're getting enough sleep at night, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, credit to Steph. She goes out on a limb, puts herself out there. She says, oh, I was wondering if you'd like to go to the dance with me. Dude, yeah, she is. She's asking you to the dance. Because even he's like, oh, you're you're asking me to the dance? Hey, don't be that, like, stereotypical jock that it just seems like that was the thing back in the 80s and 90s. Like, oh, typical jock. Either he's a jerk or he's got half a brain cell. It's, it just seems like that stereotype, like, oh, you're a jock. You play football or basketball or wrestling. What have you? But you can't be smart, too, apparently. It's either one or the other. It can't be both. She immediately starts backtracking like she's saying, oh, no, he's going to turn me down. So she starts like, oh, yeah, I mean, unless you don't want to. I mean, in which case, I'd, I'd like my pencil back, please. He looks at her like he has no idea what she's talking about. Like, your pencil? She's like, oh, uh, never mind. See you. And she turns around and he's like, hey, wait a minute. He actually kind of smirks, smiles like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the dance with you. 
why does it almost sound like he's agreeing to it for her benefit? Like, yeah, she's kind of uh, interesting. I'll give her kudos for coming up to me and uh, asking me. That took guts. <laughs> and you would think, honestly, he's popular, right? He's the star of the track team. I Odds are he would have a girlfriend already. Or he'd have a, a harem of girls hanging around him. He definitely would. I, I mean, this is, and I'm going back to like eighth grade, some of the popular guys that played basketball. And the ones that were always like, oh, they had their shirts off and everything. And all the girls were like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. Maybe that's just honestly insecure me just kind of recollecting about that. And Stephanie is just like, oh wow, really? Great. She turns to go, and Ryan says, uh, <laughs> it'd help if I knew your name, maybe? <laughs> Country song, like, I got married to a lady and a woman, I don't even know her name, or some other song. I thought, there's, a, there's another song, like, hey, I got married to this person, I don't even know their name. It's like, yeah, there's a reason you don't do that. <laughs> I like being so polite to her in a way it's just like this girl is uh kind of goofy <laughs> okay i'm intrigued honestly if you think about it she stephanie is not like other girls who probably would be more like falling all over themselves over him and just touching him on the shoulder and just saying oh my gosh that last track me you 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 were and I saw it, and you were amazing. And just, you know, falling at his feet and just, like, kissing the ground he walked on type of girls, you know. I get it. Yeah, it is eighth grade and everything like that. But even still. And Stephanie's, yeah, it might. Well, I'm Stephanie Judith Tanner. And she's, and I live at 1882 Gerard Street. And she says, my turnoffs are smoking and open-toed shoes. Well, sweetie, I don't think you gotta worry about him smoking. She is, like, talking like a mile a minute. It's like, but if I keep going on, we'll have nothing to talk about at the dance. Huh? Bye! And I'm just thinking, you wanna know, here, in this instance, she reminds me of Home Improvement, Brad's girlfriend, not Jennifer, from, like, season one and two. No. And, oh, gosh, I hate saying my own name sometimes. And a character named Angela who talked, like, literally a mile a minute. I think it was, like, season, like, Five or six or seven of Home Improvement, Brad meets this girl named Angela, and she talks like uh, 100 miles an hour. It's like really bad. She can barely understand what she's saying. She walks away from Ryan, goes over to Gina's like, yes. Interesting enough, there's nobody left in the hallway. We didn't hear a bell, so I don't know if they were late for class. Who cares? But yeah, kudos to 70. She did a really good job. You know, she wasn't laughing uncontrollably. You know, she had a, you know, frog in her throat to, and a little tickle had to take care of that but she got her mouth under control you know she forget the pencil it's not important I'm sure you could get one from the teacher it's not a big deal I'm sure she'll give you a lecture on to bring your own writing implements in the future there's Ryan if you're really gonna ask him to the dance here's your chance go for it Tanner I can't do this. Come on, Steph. He's only a guy. They're just like us, except they pants each other. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I, I can do this. 
Okay. All right. Here goes nothing. Yeah. Um, <coughs> <coughs> Are you choking? <laughs> no, I I just um. <coughs> um, I was wondering if if you would like to go to the dance with me. You're asking me to the dance? Yeah. I unless you don't want to. I in which case, I'd like my pencil back. Your pencil. N never mind. See ya. Wait. I'll go to the dance with you. Really? Wow, great. Bye. It might help if you told me your name. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it might. Well, I'm Stephanie Judith Tanner, and I live at 1882 Gerard Street, and uh, my turnoffs are smoking and open-toed shoes. But if I keep going on, we'll have nothing to talk about at the dance. <laughs> Bye. Jesse sets up a hammock outside, which is funny because it seems like this backyard is big enough to fit a long hammock, a vehicle, a <laughs> red Corvette, uh, a boat from last season. Just It's just big enough to fit what they need. There's a grill there. There's that patio furniture. Cammy's next door. I just... Honestly, there's got to be another area. What? The studio. The studio down in the basement, right? Soundproof. Just have the red light on. Say, hey, I'm going down here. Just make up a thing. Just make something up. Like, hey, I'm going down to the studio. I'm going to, like, record and stuff, work on stuff. And just, you know, set some comforting music. Maybe Elvis. You know, he loves Elvis. His soothing voice. Just can just... You don't gotta meditate. You don't necessarily have to meditate. Just, you know, sit down there and just not, don't, you know, forget, put, leave all that at the, at the top of the stairs. Smash Club, radio station, IRS, all that stuff. You leave it at the top of the stairs, you come down, and you just chill. That's all you do. So the the boy so cute, Nikki and Alex wearing their little tool belts, and he's instructing them, saying, "Hey guys, look how sweet this is. I just built this that I will use to relax. And the beauty part of it is, once I built it, I can relax in the thing that I built. And of course, the twins look at each other like, "Do you understand what he just said?" Like, no, just keep nodding like you that you you're in green with everything. Yep, 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 Dad, we get you. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, that's great, Dad. Okay, when a person nods, they nod with their head, not their entire body. Joey comes out and says, hey, Jess, we got to talk. I'd be like, yeah, and Jesse says, hey, look, whatever that is, unless it's going to help me relax, I don't want to hear it right now, okay? Whatever it is, Joey, you're a grown man, you're my partner, you handle it. I'm giving you the permission to take care of said problem. Yeah, but the thing is, you have houses, like, all around you. How is that going to be relaxing? There's going to, I mean, yeah, sure, you have the birds singing. You're telling me no one's out walking their dog, playing in the backyard, jumping on a trampoline somewhere, uh, just working outside and just hammering, sawing, what have you. There would, you're in San Francisco in the city. The city. 
There will be noise all around you. You would not get any relaxation. The whole point of relaxation is being able to zone out and just leave your cares and worries. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. No cares, no worries. Look, tomorrow, worry about tomorrow. I'm just focused on me today. Joey, get your fanny out of that hammock. Because Jesse looks over. Joey's relaxing in it. And he's like, oh, ho-ho? You want a ho-ho? You want a hostess cake? And Jesse's out of the hammock, Joey. I did not give you permission to lay in this hammock. Not to mention, why you put a blanket over it? Because it just looks like... I mean, doesn't Jesse normally wear, like, a, a chain, like, wallet? That could get stuck in there. And then he'd try to get out and he'd get stuck. Just put a nice long blanket over covering the holes of it and just, or I know they make hammocks that are just solid material, that they're not like chain link rope fence looking type hammock. Joey, you're being weird. Stop. <laughs> he barely falls out of the ham, rolls onto the ground. I think you should have like one of those like, you know, phys ed type mats, you know, those soft mats that you could use to do uh, sit-ups on or whatever underneath the hammock. So if, like, let's say you fall asleep, right, and you turn and you forget that you're in the hammock and you fall, there are metal bars connecting one side of the hammock to the other. If you have a nice, like, mat big enough to cover underneath the hammock, if you fall... It'll be fine because it's going to cushion the blow. You're not going to hit the hard ground. You're not going to hit the grass. You're just going to be cushioned. So, Joe, I don't know what he's trying to be. Yogi Bear. It's like, he's like, let's go. Come on, Alex, Trixie, Alice, Trixie. Who, 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 who are you referring to, Joey? You're being weird. Go away. This is not helping jo Jesse's stress level. By you being weird. I love you, Joey. Don't get me wrong. I do love you, but sometimes you're going to be a bit much. And right now, you're being much. Too, too much. It does say Alex, but then he says Trixie. But the subtitles say Alice and Trixie. When I hear the name Trixie, I always think of Problem Child, too. And Jesse's like, Alex and Trixie. What are you... Uh, Joey, go away. There's another thing I don't like about this hammock. It's got a... It's got this wood piece long wood bar going across it of course connecting the ropes together you don't have like a pillow you could put down how is it gonna feel on your neck the back of you know your head that mm, i i know i'm thinking too much of this i don't have a hammock of my own but if i did have a hammock it wouldn't be like that that looks like a death trap to me gets caught in that thing as you're trying to get out of it oh you're gonna twist an ankle oh no Kimmy uh-uh mm -mm. no she is blaring a bagpipe a Scottish bagpipe girl you would have the cops call on you so fast they would be like noise ordinance you're in the city you cannot play that bagpipe here I will give you a warning I if I get a complaint again I'm going to have to take your bagpipe from you. 
That is nuts. That you are in the city, you're surrounded by houses, people are going to be screaming out their windows, Gibbler! Gibbler! Enough! Don't make me call your parents! This is enough to make anyone's eardrums bleed. Oh my god! Jesse falls, again, falls out of the, the, he's just got into the hammock, and now he's falling out of it. Screaming, Gibbler! Of course, she can't hear over the loud pipes of the bagpipe. She says, greetings, Herr Meister. And he asks, what are you killing back there? Yes. Uh, apparently, the school is having a Scottish music festival. That's interesting. Cool. Great. Kimmy, that's great. You're taking interest in extracurricular activities. Um... Yeah, bagpipes are kind of a little uh, sensitive to me. Um, they had someone uh, had a bagpipe player at, my, at the end of my dad's funeral. And it's just really, um, I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. It just uh, doesn't bring up the best memories. I guess she puts on a fake Scottish accent because Jesse's a that's not a Scottish accent. I, I do love Kimmy's response to that. I didn't say I was practicing my accent. Wow! Oh. Hey, she can give it as good as she takes it. She says, don't get your kilt in a knock, not McGreasy. And she's like, hey, don't worry. The festival's next week. After this, this, after that, this place will be quieter than Loch Ness. And he says, yeah, but I'll still be stuck with the monster. Well, go inside into your studio, like I said. You won't hear the bagpipes. And he tells her, look, I can't wait a week to relax, all right? So take your bagpipes and both. Yeah, the lady's going to be back with a blood pressure cuff in a week to take his, and if his blood pressure does not go down, he's going to have to pay high premiums. No one wants it if they don't have to have it. It's all about saving money, people. Eggs are $6 right now. For 12 eggs, $6. That's... I'm happy I don't use eggs that much because that is in just insane. So he's like, take your bagpipes and blow. And she's like, all right, don't mind if I do. He is getting ready to get back in his hammock and he just turns his head and just like, Gibbler, don't push me. Don't push. He says, Joe Gibbler, Joe can play this game. Yes. See, boys? Not only do I relax by building the hammock, but here's the beauty of it. Once I've built it, I can relax in the thing that I built. Oh. You know what he said? No, this keeps nodding. Hey, Jess, you and I need to talk. Man, well, that's what you're going to say. Well, help me relax. I do not want to hear it. Now, all I have to do is place the final cap on. And I will be relaxing my hammock, peaceful and serene. Ho ho! Out of the hammock! Sheesh! What a grill, Chief boys. Let's go, Alex, Trixie. Will you? They're imitating Ralph. Is that Ralph Cramden or whatever his name is? Quiet. Some peace and quiet. Greetings, 
Meister? What are you killing back here? <coughs> I'm practicing the bagpipes for the Scottish Music Festival after school. That's not a Scottish accent. I didn't say I was practicing my accent. <laughs> Don't get your kilt in a knot, McGreasy. <laughs> the festival is next week. After that, this place will be quieter than Loch Ness. Yeah, but I'll still be stuck with a monster. I can't wait a week to relax, so take your bagpipes and blow. Don't mind if I do. So, Jesse and Joey are rigging a big eight-speaker stereo system that says Zenith on it, or it does, but it's in blackout, blacked out due to copyright, and they don't want to, you know, pay the company, which is understandable. But this is, this on their end is going too far. She's playing bagpipes. You're setting up eight-speaker, four, or no, two speakers with four speaker heads in each. And then two, whatever those things are on top, they look like little mini floor speakers on top of those speakers. And Jesse's got his keyboard out. I'm surprised the police didn't call. Someone didn't call the police, had them come over to the tanner and say, what are you doing? Sounds like a war zone. Because they're just playing construction sound effects and you know, airplanes flying over and all this stuff. The neighbors probably think their neighborhood's being attacked. Because as Kimmy is going on and on with the bagpipes, Jesse's explaining to Joey, see, Joseph, I programmed all kinds of sampled sounds here into my keyboard. Because I'm going to blow Gibbler right out of the water. Joey says, you know, Jess, this can't possibly be good for your blood pressure. I'm like, Joey, have you looked at your blood pressure lately? You got another ho-ho, unless that's the same ho-ho from earlier, and he's just, uh, you know, taking a sweet time with it. <laughs> oh, for yes, Joey, I'm sure you find sucking out the cream filling out of a Swiss cake roll, which is what he's holding, is just apparently so doggone relaxing. Joey, you need to find something else to do with your time, other than sucking the cream out of... Swiss cake rolls. Jesse says, Joseph, <laughs> and I mean this in the nicest way, shut your ho ho hole. He says, ho ho hole. He says, oh, hello, ho ho hole secure, sir. The ways didn't have a ho ho or a Swiss cake roll, Joey. That better came out of your paycheck. Jesse's like, all right, watch the master here, Joey. First up, we got siren wailing, so it sounds like there's an ambulance somewhere. Now we hear sounds of gunfire, like machine gun gunfire. How in the world, Quinn? Do you believe this? Hmm? I know, it's crazy. I gotta say, I love Kimmy's snarky comeback to Jesse. She's like, hey, I'm trying to practice moldy locks. McGreasy and now Moldy Locks. Oh my god. And here's a jet roaring by. Kimmy, your words do nothing for them. She says, I'm warning you, cut out this racket right now. I'm like, girl, you started it with the bagpipes. And Jesse says, or what? Puts a finger down on one of the keys on the keyboard and you hear a jackhammer drilling. 
Kimmy, of course, is literally right by those speakers. She says, fine, you want war? You got it. She starts blowing into the bagpipes. And Jesse goes and slams his hand down on the keyboard, but lets loose an explosion of some sort. A building being demolished or something. So is he trying to blow out Kimmy's eardrums? Because they probably are. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Her eardrums are shattered and she can't even hear the note she's playing into the bagpipe. So no matter as loud as she plays, she won't be able to hear. The cold open scene between DJ and Michelle with the competition of the Jacks. Michelle, of course, the whole time up until now has been finding, thinking of things that she could do that she could best DJ at. We got a new hula hoop out. Gosh, this makes me think of middle age crazy with Stephanie trying to beat the hula hoop record. And what Michelle is wearing, or at least the top, looks like the same that she wore in maybe even the matching pants. But it, it looks just like what she wore in um, the episode where Papuli passes away. And I, I, when she walked in with that, it's like, almost like a, like an olive moss thermal thin hoodie. But anyway, Comet, Comet 2.0, as I like to call him from season eight onward, comes in with <laughs> this giant hula hoop. I mean... I could say I hula hooped as a kid, you know, as part of like phys ed, like when you're doing different stations like jump rope or hula hoop or what have you. But um, back in, I think it was 08 or 09, I had gotten the Wii. The thing that I think that either, I think it was the Wii, the Wii Fit thing. And one of the things was hula hooping. You stand on the balance board and you, you know, do the movements like you're hula hooping. And good God, it's, it's easier on the game than I think in real life. 
at least for me. Oh my gosh, I, I just, I feel bad that they're, they're putting, Michelle's putting comma into this. Like, okay, DJ, we're going to hula hoop. And guess what? The loser has to feed Comet for a week. Oh my gosh. Like it's such a, a hard task to feed your dog. I love this comeback from DJ. Because of course Comet is the one holding the hula hoop in its mouth. And she, DJ the whole time, you know, she's been sitting in the, the chair. She's reading the newspaper, I guess. And she's got one foot up, leaning against the side of the coffee table. And she asks Michelle, am I playing you or Comet? Because I think DJ would be game either way. I would love to see that dog try to do a hula, the hula hoop thing. Like, like up on its hind legs, like sitting back on its hind legs and just kind of like... Moving its torso, the dog moving its torso, and the hula hoop is spinning. I don't know why, but I just think I would love to see that if that is the thing. I, gosh, I want to look up if dogs can hula hoop. Maybe not something as wide as that one, because I'm sure they're making them in all types of sizes. So I looked on YouTube. I did find one dog that actually, it was a smaller dog, but it was successful with turning around while inside a hula hoop. It was really cool. Uh, it looks like a lot of the other videos in involved with dogs and hula hoops are more getting them to jump through a hula hoop. It seems easier than trying to have the dog move its torso around in a circular motion. But this little dog, I mean, Apparently, the owner says this dog loves to do this, so I think that was pretty cool. I figured if I could at least find one that did it, I'd call that a success. I like how Michelle's so confident when she says, no, me. Like, this is a, this is like a, a such a competition that Michelle is trying to best her big sister at. And <laughs> DJ, again, she got that old ace up the sleeve. Says, you know what? Since uh, it's you and me, why don't we make it two weeks? So Candace Cameron gets an applause. Cause, well, at first, she says, all right, Michelle, how do you want to do this? Around the neck, the waist. And you see the hula hoop. She's got such control over it. That it travels from her waist past her knees to her her feet. And now it looks like she's using it more like a uh, a skip a skipo uh skipo kind of thing. Like you know how um in the nineties you had the skipo? I never had one. I think someone had one on the playground. I got to use it once. Um but you stick the circular part under you stick it over your foot. And it's attached to this ball that has a counter on it, so it'll keep track how many times you you skip over it. And it's just the coolest thing. And that's kind of what she's doing here. But as soon as the hula hoop reaches her ankles, down to her feet, the audience is applauding and just like, Woo! Go Candace! Yes! I bet, I can only bet, that DJ taught Stephanie some hula hoop tricks growing up. That's how Stephanie got to be so good at hula hooping, or at least what we saw in that season two middle-aged crazy episode. Oh, 
I love how Michelle is so shocked. Her mouth is like agape, like on the floor, like, <gasps> even Tom, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Michelle says, oh, what'll, what'll it be, Comet? Kibbles or bits? As <laughs> Michelle rolls her eyes and like, oh, I'm not <laughs> Yeah, TJ's older. She's been around longer. And uh, she's been around at least for nine years longer than Michelle has. And even the dog is just like, ah, I don't, I'm not going to mess with DJ. Whew. So now we got Danny coming down the stairs. D uh, Stephanie is dressed for the dance wearing a, I'm going to say like bubblegum pink one piece dress. Danny's like, okay, Steph, let's go over the rule. Let's go over the game plan in case something happens at the dance. When you get there, what do you do? You locate all the fire exits. Keep your eye on your coat the entire time. Why does she just wrap it around her waist? Why does she need to keep an eye on her coat? I mean, it's not like she's carrying, I don't know, is she carrying? I mean, you think it would be more like, oh, keep an eye on your purse. If you have a drink, hold on to your drink the entire time. Don't set it down unless you're throwing it away. If you have to set it down and walk away from it, get another drink. Something like that. I don't think he ever says anything about... But then again, I mean, and this is 1995. I'm sure those things were happening where somebody could slip something into your drink. Yes, it's a school dance. Yes, there's going to be chaperones. But the thing is, with chaperones, you can't keep your eye. I mean, yeah, there's more than one there, I'm sure. But still, things happen. They happen. You have to be prepared. Like, knowing where all the fire exits are. It's in a school gymnasium that she's most likely been in multiple times for phys ed. I'm sure she's had countless fire drills in the year that she's been there. It's going to be fine, Danny. It's going to be okay. If she had a cell phone, he'd probably make sure she called him every 10 to 15 minutes to make sure she's okay. Because that's just the kind of parent that Danny is. Oh, yeah, he, he does mention, hey, if the punch smells funny, don't drink it. Even though you're in junior high, I wouldn't pass it, put it past any of those kids to be spiking that punch. I mean, this isn't the Just So You Know Way episode from <laughs> season three with DJ and Kevin Gwynn. I mean, Ryan's already the big man on campus, he is the, um, <laughs> one of the most popular guys there in school. He's not going to be pressured into trying anything. And as I mentioned, he's an athlete. Why would he want to mess things up? Exactly. Danny says, above all though, have fun though. Have fun. Somebody says, dad, you must have been a real party animal back in your day. In my day, he says, like, yeah, right. So, I <laughs> like how DJ goes, <clears throat> crooks a finger at Stephanie, like, get over here. Let me check out your face. Hmm. Let's see, my eyeliner, my blush, my mascara, my lipstick. Well, I hope my face has a good time tonight. So, Danny asked, hey, um, what time is Ryan getting here? And Stephanie looks down at her watch, not an Apple watch, because, you know, she says, yeah, he's supposed to be here at 7 o'clock. 
Gate immediately freaks out and says, it's 701, he's not coming. I would be like, I would be a bit semi-concerned. I mean, yes, he is a teenager. No, he doesn't have a driver's license. Odds are he's getting a ride from someone. Um, if you're agreeing to go to, I mean, why didn't they just say they meet each other there? I don't understand why he has to pick her up. I mean, I get it, it's formal, but they're just going to a dance. It's not like they're going on a real date date. Um... But, I guess each their own. Um, if you're saying you're going to go, like, hey, let's go, I'll pick you up at this time. If you're running late for any reason, because, of course, no, you didn't have cell phones back then. You can't say, we're stuck in a traffic jam, we left the house at 6.30, I figure you don't live far. It's, I'm, gonna, I'm running a little late. But. And we'll get into that. We'll find out. You know, in a minute. All of us, we've all seen the episode. We know what happens. Because <laughs> I just, like, oh my gosh. If you're going to pull this garbage, you should have called, man. You should have called and said, hey, look. It's not going to work out. I made other plans. Better plans. No hard feelings. Click. And even D with DJ and Danny there, DJ's like, Steph, no, don't panic, it's all right. And Danny says, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's just running late is all. Uh, Stephanie's like, yeah, you know what, you're right, there's no reason to panic and have a meltdown. I'll just sit here and chill a bit. So she's got, uh, boy's got the Legos up. Why is there a cup of milk and I'm not sure what that's supposed to be, graham crackers maybe? That milk has got to be tepid and room temperature at this point. Who wants tepid and room temperature milk? Nobody. Drink that milk. Or dump it down the drain. I would have said throw it in the trash, but it's liquid, and you're not really supposed to be putting liquid in the trash. Okay, DJ, hula hoop. Loser feeds Comet for a week. Am I playing you or Comet? Me. Well, in that case, let's make it two weeks. <laughs> Thank you, Comet. Let me just deslobberize this. Okay, Michelle, how do you want to do this? Neck? Waist? Or feet? <laughs> Wouldn't it be Comet? Okay, so the first thing you do when you get to the dance is look at all the fire exits. Keep your eye on your coat the entire night, and if the punch smells funny, don't drink it. But above all, have fun. You must have been a real party animal then. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Let's see. My lipstick, my eyeliner, my blush. I hope my face has a good time tonight. What time's Ryan getting here? Well, he's supposed to pick me up at 7, so, um, it's, it's 7.01. He's not coming. No, Steph, don't panic. I'm sure he's just running late, honey. Yeah, you're right. I'll just, um, sit here and chill a while. New York skyline, huh? <laughs> the World Trade Center and uh, 
That must be the Chrysler building, huh? It's official. Ryan's not coming. Steph, you don't know that for sure. Dad, I was supposed to be home ten minutes ago. <laughs> well, maybe something happened. Something did happen. Ben stood up. Yeah, so she starts putting uh, Lego buildings together, and you see she's got the whole New York skyline, according to Danny. He even points out the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers. And yes, we were at least, what, six years away from that event happening, and yeah. So, even as, while she's building, at one point she does look at her watch again. And Danny, yeah, and she says, it's official. Ryan's not coming. And Danny's like, oh, honey, it's, you know, you don't know that for sure. Somebody says, Dad, I was supposed to be home ten minutes ago. And he's like, well, honey, maybe something, you know, something happened. And somebody says, yeah, something did happen. I've been stood up. And that's going to hurt. I mean, think about it. The last guy that Stephanie was with was Jamie from season seven. Is it true about Stephanie? And we even do get a mention, I believe it's also in season seven, A Date with Fate, which I haven't covered yet. But I'll be covering for uh, Bob Saget's birthday in May. She, We get a mention of Jamie because Stephanie hooks DJ up with Jamie's 20-something-year-old cousin. Which I think is wildly inappropriate for someone who's still like a junior, senior in high school to be dating a 20-year-old Danny. I do it. But then again, this is the same guy that let his daughter go to a frat party. Yeah, exactly. Here's what I don't understand. So he'll let his his eldest daughter go out with a 20-year-old or 22 or however old Jamie's older cousin is. He'll let her go to a frat party, but he freaks out when his middle daughter, Stephanie, goes to a makeup party, even if he didn't know that it was going to turn into that. Feels like a major double standard. Like you're lenient with your firstborn because she's your firstborn. You're more heads. Oh, can you imagine what Michelle would have to go through as a teenager? You think he's tough on Stephanie with restrictions, he would be even more so with, I mean, you, you got your firstborn child, you went through a lot of your first with, and you got the baby of the family who was like, I don't want my baby to grow up. I don't want to, you know, see her going on dates and getting her driver's license and this and that. And then you, of course, have Stephanie who feels like she's kind of balancing in, in the middle a little bit. Alright, so now we're going to go back to school after 
the whole debacle. See, okay, this is, but then again, this is me as an adult thinking this. If I were Stephanie's age and I asked a boy out and he said, yeah, I'll pick you up at seven. If it got to 7.30, I'd be making a phone call. I'd be like, um, excuse me, did you forget that you agreed to go to a dance with me? Because, um, you said 7. It's 7.30. I get it. If traffic is slow, that's one thing. But how would I know? Because we don't have cell phones. I, granted, <laughs> I probably wouldn't get asked out again for giving my date the third degree, but I'm sorry, but if you're going to be late, you need to, or if you're like, hey, we're heading out now, I don't know the traffic situation, but um, if just, if something, if I'm not there right away, if I'm 20 minutes late, it's because of traffic. I'm just thinking, think about it. She got stood up while she was at home waiting from you imagine let's just say let's just say they agreed to meet at the dance and Stephanie went there with Gia Gia you know had her own date and Ryan just didn't show up when it, do you think that it would be more worse it would be worse to get rejected in public than to be privately rejected in your own home. Just think about it. Who else other than Gia and Stephanie know that that guy asked her out? I'm sure he didn't tell his buddies. They're not like, oh, Ryan, hey, let's go to Taco Bell. And they're all like, wait, Ryan, don't you have that girl? What's her name? Stephanie Tanner? Aren't you taking her to the dance? They're not going to care. They're like, Taco Bell, yeah, sweet. Who's paying? Who's taking us? There are two girls dressed identical with jean jackets and white skirts with, like, purple whatevers. But I swear these two girls are twins because they're dressed alike and they look alike. Interesting how I never noticed that before. I love how Gia refers to Ryan as a track troll because he's a troll and he plays track. Yeah, of course we're gonna trash truck, trash truck, the trash talk Ryan because he rejected her. Didn't even call, didn't give her a reason, didn't say, hey, Steph, I'm sorry. Thing, something happened. She deserves a reason. She 100% deserves a reason. And. Yeah, Steph says, I know. If he didn't want to go out, you should have just had the guts to say so. I mean, I got up my nerve to ask him to go out, to go to the dance. That took a lot for me to do that. I would have said that if I confronted him. Like, you know what? That took a lot of guts for me to get the courage to come up to you and ask you to go with me. And the, the, you said yes. What happened between that yes and the night of the dance? Something clearly must have happened. But then again, uh, again, they're teenagers. They're not going to think like that. This is a 40-year-old person <laughs> thinking what I would do if I were in that situation. Yeah, and of course the guy is hanging with his buds. And Stephanie, yeah, Gia's like, well, there he is. Why don't you say something? And Stephanie's like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to tell him off. And Stephanie says, 
And if he doesn't have a good excuse, you better put the nurse on call. So, Stephanie goes like she's going to tap him on the shoulder, but she ends up going into the bathroom instead. Honestly, I don't know if, if I were teaching with someone whether I would want an audience. I don't think I would want to be doing that when he's with his friends. Andrew Keegan does say something that says better than ever. I'm guessing it's got to be his run times or whatever like that. Um, but yeah, if I were going to confront someone and they stood me up, uh, I definitely would want to do it when he is not with his buddies. Or maybe if I were like, oh, here she is. Guys, come over here. Come over here. Let's just talk, laugh like I'm saying something funny because I don't want to have to face this awkwardness of telling this girl why we all went to Taco Bell instead of me going to the dance with her. I, yeah, Gia just kind of shakes her head like, oh, Tanner. Uh, I bet it, anything, because this is, it just feels like seventh grade Gia, seventh grade Gia would have messed that boy up. She would have, oh, she would have let him have it. I mean, this is the same girl that, excuse me, earlier when... Stephanie and Gia were hanging out with Beavis and Butthead <laughs> with the uh, with the blue car and driving around and being crazy. This is the same girl that to get their these two boys' attention in the mall went, "Hey you, haul it over," because she wanted to talk to them that badly. I could see Gia going over there and standing up for Stephanie, like, "Hey, so uh, what happened yesterday, Ryan?" Yeah, I, uh, thought you and Stephanie were, uh, you agreed to go to the dance with her. Uh, she spent all night on the phone crying to me that you stood her up. What's up with that? What happened? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Well, Danny's gonna give this boy an earful anyway. Which, good on him, I get it, but you gotta let your daughter fight her own battles. You going to confront him and try to mop the floor with this kid because he made your daughter cry? I get it. You're angry. And you want to stand up for your daughter. You want to protect her. Because odds are, you know, this might not be the first boy that ends up trying to break her heart. But, again, you got to let your daughter handle this. And she will, you know. She will. Was Gia there coaching her and showing her what to do? Because I bet Gia's dumped a handful of boys in her time. I really bet she has. So we got the boy. I think it was the one that I thought was, uh, I don't know. He's kind of nice looking. Um, if I were a teenager thinking that, sure. Um, but and this kid is Jamie's wick, which could very well be Joel's wick, who directed this episode or wrote it directed it, uh, could be his son, I think his daughter was in the earlier scene in the school with Stephanie and Gia, He's like, hey, Ryan, don't forget, 3.30 track practice, why would he need to remember unless the time was changed, so why is he telling just Ryan, wouldn't he, like, hey, guys, coach, uh, is changing the time to 3.30 instead of, like, 3 o'clock, okay, cool. I mean, all boys, those boys are wearing <laughs> track 
Letterman jackets. They're all on the draft team. Unless they all got suspended and Ryan's the only one on the team right now. Which wouldn't make sense. But hey, gives Danny, who's there with his cans fam, or Joey's cans fam, at least he knows who to look for and go after. Danny! Oh my gosh! He looks like he's about ready to take the cans of spam in that box and just literally drop it on Ryan's feet. Like, we'll see how fast you run now with your broken feet. <laughs> uh, no, nah, Danny's not gonna hurt a kid. He's not gonna. He's not gonna hurt this boy just because uh, he's gonna give him some uh, wise words to live by. The more you know. <laughs> message here. And Danny goes over to him. I was like, uh, excuse me, Ryan? And Ryan turns around and he's like, oh, cool, spam delivers. And Danny says, no, we don't. I mean, they don't. He explains, like, how this is for the spam is for. Did you check the expiration dates, Danny? You better have. You don't want to make people sick. The food drive has enough time trying to deal with the food coming in that they have to recheck expiration dates because those donating didn't check. Danny lets Ryan know who he is. He says, uh, Ryan, I am Danny Tanner, Stephanie Tanner's father. And immediately, Ryan's eyes are downcast. Like, he knows why Danny is there. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, listen, about the dance. All the guys on the track team decided to go to the movies and skip... The movies? You didn't go to Taco Bell? The movies. Did you all take dates? Or did you just go? Oh my gosh. I can imagine those kids would be the rowdiest kids in the movie theater. Shouting, running up and down the aisles, throwing popcorn at people, just being a regular menace. <clears throat> These guys I could see being the ones that were wearing those minions, those suits. Remember when the Minions movie came out during the summer? All these teenage boys were wearing su these suits, these fancy suits and sunglasses indoors. And I'm just like, it's like a, it was a, it was a TikTok trend. It was a TikTok trend. Oh my gosh. Never again do I want to see something like that ever. Yeah, if I were Danny, as soon as that kid said that, oh, we decided to go to the movies and skip it, I was like, well, you know, I, um, did your fingers fall off? Oh, um, well, why couldn't you call Stephanie and let her know? I mean, did you decide, like, five minutes before 7 o'clock that you're going to all go to the movies? I knew he was just humoring her. He's like, yeah, I'll go to the dance with you. And in his head, he's like, I'm not going to the dance with her gonna go to the movies with my buddies who was playing this time in 1995 that would have been acceptable for kids i don't know something they're gonna go see babe they're gonna go see babe in the theater the one about the pig and james cromwell they're gonna go see babe okay never mind no they're not because babe came out august 4th of 1995 no they're gonna go see gordy they're gonna see gordy in the theater because it came out in may of 95 Oh my gosh, Gordy came out before Babe. Oh my, May 12th, 95, guys. What about Babe? That one came out in August. How in the world? <laughs> so you got a, a pig movie in the beginning of summer movies, and then you got another pig movie at the end of summer. I mean, I don't know, honestly, which one I like. But I personally... 
I kind of like Gordy better just because maybe because I saw that one first. And it has Doug Stone in it, who I just absolutely love him as a country singer. You know, the kids in that movie really didn't go on to really do oh, and much of nothing afterwards. Not, not that that's a bad thing, but it's just like, mm. well, The girl in it, the blonde-haired girl plays, like, Jenny Sue or whatever. She looks like the girl who played Brad's girlfriend, Jennifer, who was also in Casper, played his, and Flipper, played the same snotty character, but not, I mean, not the actress that played Jenny Sue. Okay, you know what? Let's move on. Danny's going to give this kid a talking to, he is actually doing that. He says all us guys on the track team decided to skip the dance. No big deal. I'm like, yeah, it'd be no big deal if you didn't uh, promise a date with somebody. I mean, kid. Uh, anyway, so Danny's like, oh, uh, if all the guys on the team decided to shave their heads, would you do it too? And Ryan says, yeah, uh, we did last year before the state finals. How did his hair grow back so fast? He said he shaved his head last year. I mean, I guess in a year's time the hair could grow that fast. I don't know. No, it's actually it's not shoulder length. It's like maybe an inch or two past his ear. And Danny says, okay, bad example. And Ryan, Ryan will not even look Danny in the eye, even though Danny's like a head taller than him. He says, look, Mr. Tanner, it, it was nothing personal. I'd be like, uh, you asked out my daughter, or she asked you out, and you committed to a date with her? And you don't show up? You stand her up? You better believe that's personal. And I'm going to take it personal, because it is, it is my job as a father to protect my daughter from people like you. I would have really laid into him. Danny does a very good job. I get it, he's a 13-year-old boy. But that doesn't matter. It's a matter of respect. You commit to something, you see it through. If something happens and you can't make it, you call. This makes me, gosh, now this makes me think of the episode Joey Gets Tough, where Joey kind of lays into DJ when she's late returning from karate practice. I could definitely see, uh, you know, I think anything Joey would, I mean, Danny does a good job defending his daughter, but I think Joey, you know how Joey gets. You know how I've said that Joey is someone, you don't want to make them angry because they will lash out. People like Joey, excuse me, will lash out. They will get angry. They will shout. They will be hurtful. Yeah, and when Ryan says, oh, it's nothing personal. And Danny says, well, maybe not to you. You didn't see Stephanie on the couch all by herself dressed up, no place to go. And Ryan's like, oh, wow, she took it pretty hard, huh? And Danny says, she was devastated. And Danny says, it broke my heart to see the tears in her eyes. And Ryan says, oh, she was crying? Dude, what do you think? You stand someone up, you don't think they're not going to be upset? You're lucky all she did was cry. She could have come in there storming through the schoolhouse doors and saw you with you, your friends and went up there and said, Hey! How dare you stand me up? That is the last time you will ever do something like that. Because you can't hurt me. Or something, I don't know. 
I, I, yeah, I could just see Joey, Gia, 100% laying into Ryan like that. Definitely. Yeah. When Danny admits that Stephanie cried, Ryan's like, oh, I, I didn't think I'd make her cry. And Danny says, yeah, you didn't think about her feelings at all. It's like, no, he didn't because he's a 13-year-old boy who's popular on the track team and wanted to go hang out with his buddies at the movies instead of taking a girl he committed to going to the dance with to the dance. Yeah, Danny really lays into the guilt here. He's like, not only did you ruin her night, but you missed out on getting to know a terrific person. And I'd be like, yeah, and that's not just her father talking. I know other people would say that she's a wonderful human being. Her mother and I did a great job raising her. It doesn't say that at the end, but... Gosh, can you imagine if he threw in the dead mom card? Oh, that would really make that kid feel guilty. Like, oh... And here is how Danny ends this. Maybe next time, Ryan, you should think about someone besides yourself. And Ryan can, again, he can barely look Danny in the eye. He doesn't talk back to him. None of that. He just, he, it's like he swells this lump in his throat and just nods like, yeah, mm, I should have done better. And Danny says, now, if you'll excuse me. Since I clearly made you cry, I've got canned meat to deliver. Good gravy! Ryan does look like he's about ready to excuse himself, go to the boys' room, and cry. You know, I can't believe that track troll stitched you up. I know. I mean, if he didn't want to go to the dance with me, he should have had the guts to say so. There he is. I'm going to tell him off. And if he doesn't have a good excuse... You better put the nurse on call. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Yeah. 3.30, chair practice. All right. Excuse me, Ryan. Very cool. Spam delivers. <laughs> no, we don't. I mean, they don't. This is for the uh, food drive. Ryan, I am uh, Danny Tanner, Stephanie Tanner's father. Oh, yeah. Listen, um, about the dance. All the guys in the track team decided to go to the movies and skip it. No big deal. Let me ask you this. If all the guys in the track team decided to shave their heads, would you do that too? Oh, well, we did. Last year before the state finals. Okay, bad example. Mr. Tanner, it was nothing personal. Maybe not to you. You didn't see Stephanie sitting on the couch all by herself, dressed up, no place to go. She'd take it pretty hard, huh? She was devastated. It broke my heart to see the tears in her eyes. Oh, I didn't think I'd make her cry. You didn't think about her feelings at all. Not only did you ruin her night, but you missed out on getting to know a really terrific person. Maybe next time, Ryan, you should think about someone beside yourself. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've... Got canned meat to deliver. All right, so now we're out in the backyard with Jesse and Joey. And Joey's got a glass held up to the fence. And Jesse asks Joey, Well, what do you hear? And Joey says, Well, oddly enough, the ocean. Jesse rips the glass out of his hand is like give me that 
Ugh. No, what you hear is silence, because Gibbler finally realized that you don't mess with the kid. Say mine that <clears throat> DJ gave in the cold open when she beat Michelle at Jack's. So now Jesse's like, thank you. I can finally relax in this hammock. So but Jesse's in the hammock. He's like, uh, Joseph, if you will, you can go. Don't need you anymore right now. As soon as Jesse gets all the way in the hammock, we hear this weird screeching. And of course, I have the subtitles on, so it says ostrich screeching. Good grief. The sound that this ostrich makes feels like it's coming at you from all sides, that you can't escape it even if you went into the house. And the fact that no other neighbor, there are neighbors on all sides of them, no other neighbor is coming out to yell at Gibbler, to yell at Jesse and Joey. Are they doing this during a work day where everyone supposedly is at work and no one's home? I mean, clearly, it's during the school year, so kids are going to be at school. And Jesse and Joey, I mean, they have the radio show, but probably not until, what, 4 o'clock? But I kind of want to see if an ostrich actually screeches like this. I'm going to see if I can find it on YouTube. So I looked up <clears throat> ostrich sounds on YouTube with video. Because that's what YouTube is. <laughs> anyway, that sound that this supposed ostrich is making, I, I watched the videos. Not once did I hear any sound that was even close to representing whatever sound that they magically came up with. Like, you guys live in California. There's zoos all over. I'm sure they're filled with ostriches. You can go to an ostrich farm and... You can listen to their sounds and try to replicate it somehow. You could, I mean, you got recording equipment. Just go to a zoo and record some ostrich sounds and play that. There you go. Why do you have to wear this weird concoction that feels like... That, 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 that sound just feels like, ugh. I mean, like, it's coming at you from all sides. I mean, you'd think you were in Jurassic Park with that noise. The T-Rex is going to come out and take me down. So Jesse screams for Gibbler. Gibbler! What? What's... <laughs> and Kimmy says, well, that's an ostrich. I borrowed him from my Uncle Johan's budget safari. Yeah, Kimmy says, hey, you wanted war. You got it. Oh, my gosh. He says, well, strap a muzzle on that beak and keep the bird quiet, too. Jesse, at this point, why don't you just go inside? I mean, I think they should, Becky should go out and buy. I mean, I don't know how reliable it would be, but I'm sure they have blood pressure cuffs that you can, like, buy at, like, a medical store or something like that. Or, like, a Walgreens or CVS or Rite Aid back then. There must have been. And Kimmy says, no can do. See, it's mating season. And you'll be hearing Oscar's love calls for the next eight weeks. Oh, ha, 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 girl. 
if Robin Williams, R.I.P., and Mrs. Doubtfire, if his character couldn't have a petting zoo in the city of San Diego, then what makes you think for two straight months that you're going to be allowed to keep an ostrich in the city? Come on. And that's not what the mating call sounds like. It's actually really, really cute. Let me play it. And guys, I'm sorry about my voice. I don't know why I just started recording and it sounds kind of kind of off. And I wonder if maybe it's because um, I was podcasting last night. I don't know. Weird. So here's the mating call of the ostrich. It is so, it sounds like an engine slowly revving up. But almost like that engine is like covered in soft fur. So yeah, that's what a mating call of an ostrich sounds like. It doesn't sound like what that weird Jurassic Park dinosaur sound. And Jesse's like, eight weeks? And Kimmy says, oh yeah, by the way, I suggest not wearing anything with feathers for a while. Why would he? If Elvis didn't wear feathers, odds are Jesse's not going to, because you know that Jesse wants to be the next Elvis. For eight years, he's still trying to be the next Elvis. So Jesse goes to grab her, and Kimmy ducks her head down below the fence. <clears throat> and Jesse says, oh yeah, and Gibbler here thinks she can intimidate me with some long-necked big beef beak thing. Um, yeah, this, you know they're not going to get a real ostrich, which is just as well, because I, mm, this thing is poorly made. It just, it's basically a fake ostrich head on a stick, and someone is behind the fence, like, using it, and it just, it's, it's supposed to be played for last, but it looks incredibly ridiculous, and I'm thinking... This is the last episode before the double two-part series finale. And I'm just like, we could have had the whole thing with Jesse's blood pressure and not have a stinking, excuse me, this ostrich thing. Come on. Uh, the ostrich head on a stick goes and grabs Jesse's hair from behind, basically like nips him. What are you here? Oddly enough, the ocean. <laughs> but you hear a silence because Gibbler's finally realized she is no match for the kid. <laughs> Joseph, if you will. Bob! Gibbler! What is that? It's an ostrich. <laughs> I borrowed him from my Uncle Johan's budget safari. <laughs> you wanted more. You got it. Strap a muzzle on that beak. And keep the bird quiet, too. <laughs> no can do. You see, it's mating season, so you'll be hearing Oscar's love calls for the next eight weeks. Eight weeks? By the way, I suggest not wearing anything with feathers for a while. Never <laughs> think she can intimidate me with some squawking, long-necked, big beak. Ah, my hair! 
Sector 14. All right, so we got to wrap up the third plot here from the cold open that was set up in the cold open with Michelle and DJ. Michelle believes she finally found something that she couldn't beat DJ at. She says, oh, DJ, I finally found something I could beat you at. Michelle is so confident. confident. She says, you're going down. And DJ says, Michelle, come on, give it up, all right? You're already doing my chores till the end of the century. Which basically means up until 1999. So for the next four years. It's so weird when she said that for a second, I, it kind of, until it clicked, like, that's right, it's 1995. And they're only five years away. Well, at this point, like, four and a half years away, depending on what time of the um, year it is. But, um, yeah, from 1999, from 2000. Like, oh my gosh. I still remember 1999, going to a friend's house to watch the ball drop and welcoming in the year 2000. So, part of me, I'm trying to think whether it was the first time I had driven at night and like after midnight and dealt with uh, a traffic signal that was blinking red because when I approached it because I was heading home and I approached it and I saw it was blinking red and I'm like oh my gosh it's the year 2000 I, I honestly thought it had something to do with the year 2000 because you know there is all this that tech stuff like oh my gosh the lab the, your computers are gonna not be able to operate after year 2000 and this stuff's you know all that y2k fear and everything like that but I just thought mm, that that had affected the traffic light <laughs> and I was like oh no <laughs> but yeah and it's not it was like after midnight so it's not like there's a lot of people on the road so Michelle says all right well if you're so sure of yourself how about double it or nothing this is the third time they use the word, well, DJ, the second time she's used the word kid. She's like, you're on, kid. Good, follow me, let's go. Okay, DJ says, but don't forget, I'm older, I'm wiser. And Michelle says, you're also taller. As we see Nikki and Alex holding up a pole. Yeah, they're going to limbo. <laughs> I've never limboed in my life. I honestly don't think I would be able to. Uh, love how Michelle, she's so excited. Like, oh, I'm going to win this hands down. No, no contest here. Let's get ready to limbo. And she turns on the little boom box there on the coffee table and limbo music comes out. DJ feels she's met her match. Like, Michelle, honestly, this is... This is totally unfair. Yep. Underhanded, Michelle. <laughs> yep. And Michelle says, oh, yeah, that's the beauty of it. Oh, Michelle did such a great job going under that pole. <laughs> and Nikki and Alex, one of them says, DJ, your turn. And the other twin, because one is dressed in white, the other one's dressed in green. And the one dressed in green says, how low can you go? And DJ says, uh, not that low. <laughs> I don't think my body bends that way anymore. 
honestly looks like for DJ, like she would try to do that and her spine would crack. Um, I was kind of thinking with, with Stephanie being, you know, we don't see her too much being a dancer, but being that she was, I mean, I'm just thinking of that got a dance episode and how she was like bending backwards, everything. I kind of wonder if she would be able to do that because she's, I think that D, uh, Steph may even be an inch or so taller than DJ. So DJ gives in, like, okay, Michelle, she turns off the music, you win. And Michelle is so excited. She says, finally, I beat my big sister at something. And DJ says, Michelle, that was sneaky and underhanded. I've taught you well. She shakes her hand. Like, the apprentice has now become the master. <laughs> And Michelle says, all right, guys, let's go Limbo Joey for his comic books. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Limbo from Fraternity Reunion. When Joey and Jesse dress up like ladies to get that uh, their fraternity seal back from that sorority. And Joey distracts them with uh, Limbo. <laughs> that's immediately what that made me think of. Oh, DJ. doing my chores until the end of the century. If you're so sure of yourself, how about double or nothing? You're on, kid. Good. Follow me. Okay. But don't forget, I'm older, I'm wiser. You're also taller. Mm-hmm. Let's get ready to limbo. Michelle, this is totally unfair. That's the beauty of it. So Danny comes down the stairs and says, hey, Deej, did I just hear limbo music? And DJ says, well, what you heard was the end of an era. Like, I'm hanging up my hat. Michelle is now the champion. So Stephanie comes home from school, and she's like, hey, guys, the coolest thing happened today. Ryan apologized. And DJ's like, oh, really? What'd he say? Stephanie tells her, oh, well, I mean, he was sorry about what happened, and he wants to make it up to me. Yeah, he wants to make it up to me by buying me a pizza at the mall. Mall pizza? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it can be good. Oh, Danny lets a cat out of the bag. So that's great, sweetheart. You know, maybe Ryan had a little chat with an older, sensible, wise-as-the-ages role model. Danny, you did pretty much guilt him, which... Yeah, you pretty much guilted him into that after he was done crying about getting uh, his feelings hurt by Danny. Oh, yeah, who uh, wises as the age's role model who showed him the error of his ways. And Stephanie says, maybe he just likes me. And Danny's like, oh, or that. 
if I were Stephanie and Danny had said what he had said, I'd be like, oh, Dad, you didn't. Please tell me you didn't talk to him and confront him. Oh, my gosh. Gia comes in and says, Steph, I gotta talk to you. And has she not seen Stephanie all day? Because unless it happened at the very, like, hey, we're leaving for the bus. We take different school buses home or something. And Stephanie says, oh, and I have to talk. I have to talk to you. <clears throat> yeah, she says, Ryan apologized. And Gia says, I know. Apparently the whole school knows. Apparently the rumor is Danny chased Ryan down the hall and beamed him with the canned spam. Clobbered him with canned ham and then shoved him in a locker. Wow, the rumor mill is really, they got it backwards. So you, someone saw him with the canned spam talking to Ryan. Of course, Danny, <laughs> he says, oh, it was not a canned ham. It was spam. It's like, it doesn't matter what it was. Stephanie turns on Danny and says, you clobbered him with spam? And Danny says, I didn't clobber him with anything. Of course, here comes DJ like, Dad, you went to her school. That's bad enough. And then you have the goal to talk to the guy? Yeah, hasn't she suffered enough? And Danny says, look, DJ, I was there for the food drive. I bumped into Ryan and we had a little talk. This is something that you could not do that as a parent. You would be, I don't even think you'd be allowed in the building with the security that I would think schools have, right? Where you got to show your ID, you got to go to the office, get a visitor pass, stuff like that, I imagine. No way would he be allowed to confront a student. Not to mention, wouldn't a food drive be taking place off the school premises? Or something that's done, like, after school. Of course, Stephanie's like, you talked to him? Yeah, and Stephanie's like, oh my gosh, Dad, what did you say to him? Yeah, I'd be like, oh great, well now I know why he apologized, because you basically forced his hand. That was an, an honest apology, because it came from guilt. It came from you making that boy cry and Danny's like I didn't do oh, all right all right I, I I told him that what he did was wrong and that he was missing out on knowing a really great person and that he really hurt you of course Stephanie is like you didn't tell him I cried and Danny says no never of course not no way and Danny says yeah yeah I did <sighs> so of course, Stephanie wants to transfer. And Danny says, Steph, I'm not going to let you change schools. I didn't let you before when they did the whole redistricting. I'm not going to do it now over this. No, and Stephanie says, I want to transfer dads. She says, I want to change dads. Danny can clearly see that Stephanie is bothered by this. Because he's like, look, I, I didn't mean to embarrass you. How Danny is honest with her. He's like, look, it just it hurt me to see how much he hurt you. And Danny says, I'm sorry. I, I hope someday you understand. So Danny walks out of the living room and Stephanie tells DJ, the only thing I understand is I have to eat pizza with a guy 
who only apologized because my dad. I have to go eat pizza with a guy who's only talking to me because dad threatened him. And DJ says, well, I, Steph, come on, just, just talk to him and be completely honest. Yeah, just say that dad was exposed to toxic cleaning fumes. Has been disoriented for the past 10 years. Of course, Gia says, hey, wait, who says you even have to go? I mean, he stood you up, right? Now it's time to stand him up. Give him a taste of his own medicine. Exactly. Stephanie says, yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I'm going to do him a favor and stand him up. What you heard was the end of an era. Hey, guys. The coolest thing happened today. Ryan apologized. Really? What did he say? Well, he said he was sorry about what happened, and he wants to make it up to me by buying me a pizza at the mall. That is great, sweetheart. Maybe Ryan had a little chat with an older, sensible, wise-as-the-ages role model who showed him the error of his ways. Maybe he just likes me. Or that. Steph, I gotta talk to you. Oh, and I have to talk to you. Ryan apologized. I know. The whole school knows. Your dad chased him down the hall, clobbered him with canned ham, and then shoved him in a locker. It was not a canned ham. It was spam. You clobbered him with spam? I didn't clobber him with anything. Dad, you went to her school? Hasn't she suffered enough? Peach, I was there for the food drive. I bumped into Ryan in the hall and we had a little talk. You talked to him? Oh, no. W what did you say? Nothing. Okay, I, I, I told him that what he did was wrong and that he was missing out on knowing a really great person and that he really hurt me. You didn't tell him I cried? No, never. Of course not. No way. Yeah, yeah, I did. I want to transfer. Steph, I'm not going to let you change schools. I want to change dads. Look, I didn't mean to embarrass you. It just hurt me to see how much he hurt you. I'm sorry. I hope someday you understand. The only thing I understand is I have to go eat pizza with a guy who's only talking to me because Dad threatened him. Well, Steph, just talk to him and be completely honest. Say Dad was exposed to toxic cleaning fumes and has been disoriented for the past 10 years. Wait, who says you even have to go? Hey, you're right. I mean, he doesn't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I'll do us both a favor and stand him up. So now we go back to Jesse and Joey in the backyard. Jesse says he's going to build a soundproof wall all along the fence line that separates their yard from Kimmy's yard. And I'm just thinking, unless you get a permit, I don't think the city would allow something like that. You can't just build something if you live in the city without their approval. You, Yeah. So Jesse's got a hard hat, and he stands up on this step stool, letter, what have you, and he's ta he's taunting the bird, like let let me see you get through this thing. It's like the only thing that is protected is the top of your head. Jesse is so cocky here. He's like, let me tell you something, Joe. That bird's not gonna mess with me, or he's gonna end up in a bucket of KFC. Uh, ostrich and chicken are not the same thing. This is just 
gone on too much. It's too goofy. It's just... I know it's late in the game, the last episode before the series finale double... But it just... To me, I feel like this is just wasting time. You could have turned the whole blood pressure thing into... I wouldn't say a serious episode... But it just borders on kooky crazy and give me a break. I'm just uh, over this. I love the show, but I'm over this nonsense. Because apparently the bird grabs Jesse and the fence like flips down apparently. So that way the bird pulls Jesse back there and it's like, ugh. Seeing a hard hat go in the air. Uh, some of Jesse's shirts, some feathers. Oh, it's a trash can he was standing on top of. So Joey goes over there to try to help. There is a concrete cinder block. There's a cement mixer in the backyard here. What is going on? He doesn't have Danny's permission. He doesn't have the city's permission. What in the world? Jesse, again, you want peace and quiet? Go down to your studio. Problem solved. And Becky comes out because apparently she's had an earful about this ostrich from J Jesse. And she says, wow, Oscar's mating call is louder than usual. And Joey says, that's because he's found a mate. Come on. And Becky sees it's Jesse. She's like, honey, are you okay? Jesse is like blowing out a mouthful of feathers. And one of his... <laughs> the arm of... Or the sleeve of his shirt on one side has been completely torn off. Kimmy pops their head up uh, on her side of the fence. It's like, what, are you, what did you do to my bird? And Jesse says, not half of what I'm going to do to you. And she says, one step closer and you're ostrich chow. Kimmy does a taxi whistle. And, of course, here's the fake bird on a stick. Bird head on a stick. And Be I can't believe she even entertained the idea at all. Because she says, Jess, you have let this thing get way out of hand. And she says, now your blood pressure is probably off the charts. And Kimmy is surprised, like, helmet heads got high blood pressure? And Kimmy says, you ought to try to relax. And Dan uh, Danny, <laughs> Jesse says, yeah, that's why I was building the wall. Like, dude, you don't have permission to do that. You weren't going to build any wall. On a fence line or in front of the fence? Come on. And Becky pleads with Kimmy. Like, Kimmy, can we please put a stop to this? And she says, I'm sure that you don't want to jeopardize Jesse's health. And she says, yeah, well, of course not. I mean, if he croaks, I can't bug him anymore. And Becky is like she's being the mediator between Jesse and Kimmy. She's like, see that, Jess? Underneath it all, she really almost cares. And Becky adds, and I know you almost care about her, so how about a truce? And Jesse is like, well, I'm. she's got to agree to give me some peace and quiet. Jesse, go inside for peace and quiet. Go into the studio. Go up into your attic apartment. Have Je uh, Danny or Joey take the boys out, take them to a movie, take them to the park. And you and Becky can just chill and hang out. Of course, Kimmy asks, what's in it for me? And Jesse says, well, I'll uh, agree to ignore you and treat you like the infuriating pest that you truly are. 
And she thinks it over for half a second and says, well, okay, but I'm on condition. And he says, what's that? And she puts her arms out and says, give me a hug, you big galoot. And of course, Jesse says, I'd rather take my chances with Oscars. Like, didn't you already do that? Becky says, Jess, please, let's stop the madness. So she pulls Jesse over there, like, come on, give her a hug, and we can all go inside and just be done with this. Well, Oscar pops his head up, and Jesse freaks out after giving her, uh, Kimmy the most half hearted, pathetic hug I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> he's like, Becky, 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 and he goes over to Joey, and Joey points, like, no, your wife is right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That ends that scene in this whole plot, thank goodness, because I just, this is the weaker, I mean, because we got, we had three plots, we finished two of them, now we got to finish the main one, but this would be way at the bottom. I love the first one, and the second one with uh, DJ and Michelle I thought was cute, but this one is just over-the-top, goofy, ridiculous, to the point where it's just clearly just annoying me. Joseph, this is beautiful. Just beautiful. I'm finally going to get some rest in my own backyard. I'm going to build the ultimate soundproof wall all the way across. Check this out. Hey! Hey, stupid bird! Hey! I'd like to see you try to get through this, huh? Let me tell you something, okay? That bird's not going to mess with me. He's going to end up in a bucket of KFC. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Danny's on the couch, the doorbell rings, and in comes Ryan. And he says, hope you're happy. I'm like, excuse me, young man? Who do you think you are? You can't talk to me that way. 
And Danny says, oh, I'm not doing too badly. And Ryan tells him, Stephanie stood me up. And Danny is actually concerned. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Maybe there was some kind of mix-up. So Danny invites Ryan in, like, hey, Steph, are you home? Ryan, he's got a commitment. He sat at the mall for over two hours. Two hours? Okay, come on, guys. We all know that the cutoff time, I would get, I wouldn't even give an hour. I'd say 30 minutes, you're not here, I'm gone. I'm going to go wander the mall. If I had to eke out an hour, it would be an hour tops, but I'm not sitting there for two hours. That's insane. Life is short and got things to do. Interesting, we get another reference to the piano and organ store. Because Ryan says the guy at the piano and organ store played Mandy 32 times. Everyone loves Barry Manilow. So Stephanie comes down the stairs and she's surprised to see Ryan. She's like, Ryan, what are you doing here? What are you and he stands up and he's like, well, what are you doing here? You're supposed to meet me at the mall. And Stephanie says, listen, I, I know the only reason you asked me out was because my dad clobbered you with canned ham. And Danny says, it was spam. Danny. No one cares. And Ryan says, look, your dad didn't threaten me, okay? It just made me realize what a rat I was to stand you up. And Stephanie says, oh, really? Well, I, I guess then I, I was, I'm kind of a rat too for standing you up. I have to interject here. Well, you know, uh, two rats don't make a wrong. <laughs> and they both look at him like, can you not right now? Thank you. We can settle this ourselves. We're teenagers. We're having a dialogue. We don't need your input. And Danny is like, oh, it didn't make a lot of sense, but it kind of fit, didn't it? Danny, go upstairs. Go into the kitchen. Leave them alone. And Stephanie says, listen, Ryan, we kind of get off on the wrong foot. Honestly, well, if you think about it, we didn't really get off on any foot. And she asks, like, hey, do you think we could start over? He says, yeah, I'd, I'd like that. And he says, I'm Ryan. Want to go get some pizza? She says, yeah. Okay, but it's on me. <laughs> Stephanie goes over to Danny with her hand out about Dad. And he says, here, here's 20 grand, your inheritance. Who carries loose bills in their pocket? I mean, if I carry cash on me, it's going to be in a wallet. And she says, see ya. And he's like, bye, have fun. And the door closes, and then we see the door open, and Stephanie runs and gives her dad a hug. And she hugs him, and Danny asks, well, what was this for? I'm like, Danny, when do you ever turn down a hug? When do you ever question a hug? And she says, for being an involved, loving father who sticks up for his daughter. Aw. And, you know, honestly, the other time, <laughs> he's all about the hugs, but why does he got to question why someone's, like, the other time, when silence is not golden, at the end of the episode, Stephanie hugged Danny and gave him a kiss on the cheek. And he's like, well, what was that for? And she's like, just for being, you know, a great dad or something like that. And he says, thanks, honey. And she says, but don't ever do it again. Stephanie stood me up. Well, I'm sorry, Ryan. 
Must be some kind of mix-up. Come, come on in. Step, are you home? I sat at the mall for over two hours. The guy at the piano and organ store played Mandy 32 times. Ryan, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You're supposed to meet me at the mall. Oh, listen, I know the only reason you asked me out was because my dad threatened you with a canned ham. It was spam. Uh, look, your dad didn't threaten me. He just made me realize what a rat I was to stand you up. Really? And I guess I was a rat to stand you up. Well, you know, two rats don't make it wrong. <laughs> didn't, didn't make a lot of sense, but it kind of fit, didn't it? Listen, um, we kind of got off on the wrong foot. Actually, we didn't really get off on any foot. <laughs> um, do you think we could start over? I like that. I'm Ryan. Want to go get some pizza? Yeah, okay. But it's on me. Got it. Dad? Okay. Here's 20 grand, your inheritance. See you. Bye. Have fun. What's this for? For being an involved, loving father who sticks up for his daughter. Thanks, honey. But don't ever do it again. All right. So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So best outfit, I actually want to give it to DJ because and the thing is it was pretty much a generic shirt, but it had like um, chocolate brown uh, collar and then of course like the cuffs on the sleeves, but then it just was um, I think of like it was basically just like a t-shirt with like the brown collar and then the uh, sleeve cuffs were brown and then it was almost like a light like I guess if dusty brown were a color something like that um, I just I liked it it wasn't really I didn't see anything out there other than that that really uh Looked good, in my opinion. Um, I guess runner-up. Also, Michelle's thermal uh, moss green hoodie that she also wore, I think, in season seven with um, when in the episode when uh, Papuli passed away. Uh, worst outfits. Uh... Yeah, the DJ gets this too. She was wearing when when Michelle comes in to say, "Hey DJ, I found something I can finally beat you at." DJ's wearing some collar, but it's like a black like dress over the top of like a white like bibbed collared type thing. It just really. Not a good look on Candace Cameron. That's what I'm saying. It's like, come on, wardrobe. Do better. Do better. So that's, she's in first place there for worst and also best. Tanner Teachable moment. Um, I can definitely say if your kid is having a problem with a student, 
don't go to the school and confront the student because that could easily get uh, lead to uh, you getting in some big trouble. That's if you can even get through the front door without being, you know, asked for your ID while you're there. I don't know the protocol for a parent entering a school. I would think that you would have to show ID. That's just what I'm guessing. Um, yeah, and another thing is like, hey, if you make a date with somebody and something comes up, then give them a heads up and a call and just say, hey, unfortunately um, it's not going to work out. Could we reschedule for another time if you want, still want to go out? Granted, these are teenagers. They don't think that far. At least, not. I don't know. I don't know kids today what they do. Um, I don't think they really do too much face-to-face -face interaction. It's all, you know, texting and TikTok and what. Oh, everything's electronic nowadays. So, ranking the three guys for the Good Girls and Bad Boys series. From worst to, I'd say, not so worst. So... Top, I think I honestly, I'm still on the fence between Bobby and Pete. Um, I really, I mean, because Bobby was very aggressive. So I think I'm going to put him at the top as worst. He wasn't willing to listen to Stephanie and hear her out. Uh, and eventually, you know, Stephanie called home. Um, Pete, on the other hand, yes, he did invite DJ to the back of his van, but when she pushed him away and said, I don't really want to do this, he's like, all right, and she's like, let's go watch, just watch the movie, he gets popcorn, and then, of course, he ends the date when Jesse, Joey, and Danny show up. Uh, I would say, honestly, out of the guys, the one they handle it the best is Ryan. Because, yes, Danny did talk to him, say, you were really selfish. You missed out on getting to know a good person. You really hurt her. And he turned it around and, he, you know, Danny's talk made him realize, like, hey, that was just wrong to, to do that, to stand her up like that. But the, Ryan and Steph, they worked it out. We don't, clearly they don't really work out. It's probably like a one and done kind of like, hey, we went out for pizza. We both really don't have much in common other than the fact that we both go to the same school. Because she ends up making out with um, <laughs> Andrew in the series finale, um, who is played by Will Estes. He is on that show Blue Bloods. Um, I know him best as J.J. Pryor for um, on a from American Dreams, one of my favorite historical shows, similar to The Wonder Years in a way. Um, that is one that I started a podcast on it, and I got like four or five episodes in, and I just kind of put it on the back burner. That is one I would love to honestly, possibly, fingers crossed, get back into at some point down the road, maybe in 2026. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's just my Tanner Teachable moment is don't go confront, uh, your kids, 
you know, bully or if someone's doing something to them, there are other ways, proper channels to go through and take care of the situation. Whether it's talking to the parents, talking to the school, the police, something to that effect. I mean, if, if it gets to the point that the school isn't going to work with you, the parents aren't going to listen to you, then maybe getting a lawyer. I mean, guys, I'm not giving you advice and telling you what to do. This is just me just thinking out loud. So that was the Good Girls and Bad Boys series. So for the month of April, I'm going to be doing a double feature. And I'm going to be covering two episodes, like I believe I mentioned at the beginning. I don't have, I don't have a, um, part of me wants to say daddy issues, but it just seems wrong. Um, another title would be, uh, I don't know. I think by the time I, I start covering the episodes, I'll come up with a proper title for that double feature. So, just going through my setup here that I have, we're going to be doing, I got to find it, I'm sorry guys, I'm just all over the place right now, it's 9 in the morning, and, okay, I know, okay, here we go, uh, I think, I, honestly, yeah, I think I'm just going to call it Fathers and Sons Double Feature, I think that is appropriate, <laughs> it works a lot better than Daddy Issues. <laughs> um, it's not my job. That's from season two. I believe season four was Viva Lost Joey. So, yeah, that'll be April. Uh, May, I'm thinking, and this is the just a working title, uh, the not so great of season eight. IMO means, in my opinion, these ones I just were episodes that I never really went back and watched if I didn't have to. They're just, to me, I'm not going to say mediocre, horrible episodes, but they're just, they're not my favorites. Out of all the episodes, these ones are just, yeah. Uh, DJ's Choice from season eight, Air Jesse from season eight, and of course, Up on the Roof from season eight. Come June, we are going to do a, a two-month Jesse musical career journey. And his is going to be two months because it's got a handful of episodes here. We got Mad Money, The King and I, Play It Again, Jesse. We got, so that's going to be in June. And then in July, we're going to do the part two, which is, Captain Video, Parts 1 and 2, Road to Tokyo, and On the Road Again. So, just kind of chronicling Jesse's musical career from Season 1 and Season 4, 5, and 6, 7, and 8. So, just about an episode every season. Um, of course, we got the Olsen Twins to share of the birthday. And since this is, again, the final year of the Full House portion of the podcast, I will be covering two because, you know, one for Ashley, one for Mary-Kate. I'll be doing Michelle a la carte and The Bicycle Thief. <laughs> of course, in May, for Bob's Higgett, R.I.P., for his birthday, 
in honor of his birthday, we're going to cover A Date with Fate. So that will cover the first majority of summer. And then um, August is going to be the sisters double feature. So we'll have season seven's The Prying Game and season eight, Claire and Present Danger. So look forward to that. All right. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully... By the time that this airs at the end of March, we're going to, we're past St. Patty's Day. We're going to be entering shortly Easter, hopefully warmer weather. We're going to be getting closer to spring break, <laughs> which we'll see how the, hey, if I, if I survive March, guys, actually, wait a minute. No, I'm recording this in February. Um, I work at uh, a movie theater, if you don't know. Um, <laughs> The next Marvel film, that Ant-Man movie. Uh, we'll see if I survive that. Because I'm an assistant manager. Um, yeah, I will be here <laughs> to do the the double feature. I'm sure I'll survive. I'm sure it'll be fine. But yeah, uh, again, I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. And if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a moment, if you want to go on iTunes and search the Full House podcast, click on Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>